Hello. Hi. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the TMI pod with Sean Arnold. My name is still Sean Arnold. I have been on hiatus for a little bit, a few weeks. It's been crazy. Like I started a business. Um, We had the new year. We're still in the midst of all this COVID nonsense. Um, So I've just been been crazy. And it's always too about finding the right guests. Very excited about our guest today. Um, we have had, um, as you guys know, um, some streamers um, on on uh, the TMI pod before. Uh, this is a streamer that I've been introduced to pretty recently through some of the people you've heard us talk to. Um, I've just fell in love with his stream. I mean, he streams. He's also a content creator. Um, he's very engaging. He's an he's a headshot machine for those of you that um, that are gamers that listen to this. Um, he plays a lot of Hunt Showdown. Um, he's doing a lot of really cool content on YouTube. Um, so the other thing that I'm super interested about is he's originally, um, from Sardinia in Italy and he lives in Germany now. Um, and you know, I love the war, the idea of, I think people need to expand their vision of the world. I think one of the problems we have, not the problems, but I think one of the limitations or maybe it's a learned thing in the United States is, is we can be very insular where we sort of it to the U S and you sort of, uh, just painfully unaware of the rest of the world. Um, and so I love talking to people from other cultures because I think learning those things is important. So um, you guys, great. If you want to find him on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash, well, actually his Twitch name is Dela, Delacroix. I'll Americanize it. Delacroix 22. Delacroix, if you're French. Um, but uh, uh, Delacroix Gaming on YouTube um, Gabriel's his real name, but I'm just gonna call him Della. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap. Della, how are you, my Hello. friend? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. No, I appreciate it. This is exciting. When I shot you a note, it's always interesting in this world when you reach out to someone that doesn't know you and be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> do you want to come Did talk you? to me and record it?" <laughs> that's the beauty of the internet, man. That's that's why I like internet. It's a tool and the way you use it makes a difference, you know? <laughs> it, well, it's, it's such an extraordinary amount of reach. I mean, even just the fact of how we're talking right now, I mean, you're sitting in Germany. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Si- in East Germany, in the cold. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sitting in the southern United States, and here we are talking over the over the computer, which is kind of extraordinary. It's extraordinary. It's very interesting. Like you said earlier, that you just started your own business, right? Yeah. And... Uh, Thinking about what, how hard it was for like our parents or our, our grandparents to start a business and get rich, but now with the internet you can reach basically the world, you know? Yeah, it's and that, that's that's it's wild. That's amazing. Well, and also for you, I think this is kind of kind of crazy, and we can talk a little bit about your stream. And why are my alerts going crazy? Um, <laughs> the um, you clearly, I mean, you're obviously Italian. You live in Germany. Um, you, you stream, right? And for some of my listeners that are not techie people, this streaming thing is where these people basically create their own broadcast channels via this platform called Twitch. And, um, they can put out whatever they're doing. Some people do cooking. Some people play games. Some people just chat. Some people do 
um, uh, DJing, you know, and mixing it's music. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, but you've, you've developed an audience in the United States. Um, most, mostly, yeah. United States and, and UK, strangely enough. So even though my English is terrible, but I managed to, yeah. It's not, no, it's not. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, what's crazy. And we, there's so many things I want to talk about, about this, but did you, did you, did you make a conscious decision to go, Hey, I'm going to look at the U S and I mean, or did it just work out? Like how did, how did someone that's in Germany, who's originally Italian and speaks, cause you speak well with three languages, four languages. Four, four in total, yeah. So English, Sard Sardinia, yeah, Sard Sardinian is like the only other language in Italy. You have a lot of dialects per region in Italy, but Sardinian is the only like recognized language. It's completely different. You have roots in Latin and a lot of Spanish words, and it's very complicated to understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning how to. I want to be able to tell you. Um, I hope you catch on fire and can't find water. <laughs> so you watch my video, right? Yeah, I did. I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, no, it's amazing. Um. He has a great video that just came out on YouTube. Check out his YouTube channel. That's Sardinian 101. Um, and he talks about how Sardinians would like to curse people. And that's one of my curses. My wife actually likes, I hope, um, my wife, we were listening to it yesterday. We were driving. And <laughs> my <laughs> my wife said um, she likes to, um, uh, I want to spread, um, I'm going to, I'd want to spread your guts in the marketplace and on your roof. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why specifically the roof, but like this, this kind of um, the curses they call like frastimus, right? Yeah, is basically something generated in small towns. In Sardinia, we have like I, I don't want to call them towns because they're not they're like villages. We're talking about two hundred, one hundred and fifty inhabitants or something like that. Right. And uh, it's like popular culture, and they only have like you know the marketplace and the roof <laughs> of their house. They don't have anything else. So that's probably why you have. Uh, so this really, kind of they so really they meant all over town, but those are just the two main things that could come up yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Gotcha. Like it, in my own town, we don't even have monuments, if I remember. Like it's right now, it's three hundred and forty something inhabitants, and they don't even have a monument. They have a church, of course, because it's Italy, but no monuments. Like benches, uh, church, but nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, that's Sardinia is particular. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so anyway, back to the original question was the, yeah. the U.S. and U.K. audience. Like, was that an accident? Was that by design? Like, how did you end up, you know, sort of? I think you know, it's because I started like playing on Showdown and on Showdown as, you know, as a market, mostly in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And uh, playing with other streamers, they were like much bigger than me at the time. I managed to like to build an audience also in in the um, you know in their communities or something. So when they are offline, the people comes to me and, and and vice versa. So that's how I managed to. I started playing mostly with American people. I don't know why, but my mindset works better with American people and people from the UK than than any anywhere else in the world. I guess really. I think it's because I grew up, you know, in, in Italy in the 90s. And uh, I don't know if you know Franco Colombo. No. Which was the best friends from Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. Yeah, very short guy, Mr. Universe, uh, three times in a row, something like that. And uh, if you grew up in Sardinia and you go to the gym, you, you live his dream. You know, you live in his shadow and you live in the American dream of becoming, you know, famous as little Franco Colombo from Sardinia. Gotcha. You know? Okay. So that's the background that I grew up with and uh, watching movies, of course, you know, in the 90s, we had all the Schwarzenegger movies and Terminator and uh, what was the, the movie when he has to buy the, the toy for his kid, you know, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah 
So that, that's exactly my generation. And from my point of view, it's like uh, I have to go to the U.S. You know, I have to leave this small place. I have to leave the the life in New York, you know, Central Park and stuff like that. Right, right. So, so I think the mindset is similar just because of that. I think I, my my teacher, uh, my teachers were the movies when I was younger. Yeah, no video games, not all, but I started with movies. Yeah, indeed. Is that when you're like, did you, so was English something that you studied for school or did you just pick it up through film and TV? Or? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a hard question because in Italy, like the level of preparation of, of English that you study in school is like any other foreign language in any other country. So if you study Spanish in the US, you say, ah, it's not that good, right? Right. It's not the, the, you know, the big deal. It's not so cool. And in Italy, we have a problem that all the teachers are very old. Mm. Like in, in primary school and secondary school, teachers can reach like 65 years old and they try to teach like 12 years old English. They're not going to get listed. Like they, they don't have the energies, right? <laughs> and this, that's a huge problem in Italy, a huge, huge problem. Like young people are like uh, without, you know, without a place in school because these guys go in retirement when they are like 68 in Italy right now. That's the age to, to go in, uh, in retirement in Italy, 67, 68, depending on how many like... Uh, Taxes you pay during the years, but the, the law changes every year. So we right, and so the school was completely pointless. But once I, I hit like thirteen years old, I started listening to a lot of music from the U.S. Right, it was the boom of the Green Day, American Idiot, and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this language is cool. <laughs> so I started like watching a lot of series and anime. Mm -hmm. Helsing was probably the one, the first one with, yeah. with original language in, I mean, in English. And then the subtitles in Italian. That's how we learn basically music and anime. Yeah. Yeah. And then movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's like such a, I mean, what was your, what was your comfort level with conversational English when you started streaming? I mean, I guess it was pretty high. I mean, I, I it, it was already like... high because I live in Germany and uh, in, in Germany, like you, you take a, a guy from middle school, like a kid, 12 years old, he speaks perfect English. The level of preparation is insane in Germany. Like people, like older generation know because they, they used to study Russian in school because mm -hmm. of ex-DDR, especially East Germany, you know, the ex-communist regime. But young generation, they are insanely good. They speak English. Some of them speak so, uh, all, maybe four languages by default because there are sons and daughters from immigrants, you know, from Russia and Armenia, Vietnam and places like that. So... I had to learn like how to communicate because I started working here in Germany. So when I started streaming, I was already, you know, pretty confident with my English level. Thanks to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's such a, it's something I say a lot. I, I, I took sort of the mandatory couple of years of Spanish when I was in, you know, school and I kind of hated it. And then I exempted out of it at university. Um, mm -hmm. And now, in retrospect, because my wife is a pretty fluent Spanish speaker, okay. um, and I'm really mad at myself for not <laughs> doing it. You know what I mean? In retro, you know, it's sort of like when my same yeah. thing, like I'm a guitar player now, which I started playing when I was 19 and I learned that. But, you know, my, you know, it's like, why didn't I let my mom, like, you know, and my mom's like, why don't you take piano? And I, when I was like 10 and I'm like, no. You know, and now, now I'm like, oh my God, can you imagine if I'd been playing piano for 30 years? Like I would be a yeah. monster, you know, I would be so good. And, Definitely. But Americans, I think we, with the language thing, I mean, that's always a challenge because again, very insular, right? It's some, you know, it's just like, well, we speak English and I'm just not learning anything else. 
And well, yeah, because you can speak English everywhere, basically in the world. You go to France, everybody speaks English. You know? Yeah, so. or well, they speak English to you, and then they make fun of you in French. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we Europeans have a very, very you know cool sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, it's just it is a wild concept for me to think about. I guess again, it's just not. Anytime I think you see someone do something that you can't do, there's a certain amount of awe or sort of, you know, it's like, like, you know, when my wife, like we, when we go on vacation to Mexico or something and, you know, she's just Mm -hmm. like rapping with the cab driver and I'm like, you know, I'm like, why do you do that? Like, how do you, I'm like, I barely speak English. (laughs) Like, how do you, how can you have two languages in your head? You just like nod and say, see. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) See. Um, uh, Don't his style biblioteca. Um, (laughs) (laughs) classic sentence, you know, I mean, but it's, but that's just a, that's a pretty wild, um, thing. Do you, did you find that, uh, well, again, I guess everyone speaks it. So I just, I wonder, I know sometimes that you, you obviously keep your streams primarily English. Occasionally you'll mix in if someone in chat shows up, you know, in another language, you'll mix it in. Yeah. That's another very interesting thing. Going back to what I said, that the level of preparation in Italy with English is, is you know, it's very low. Italian people that come to my stream, they don't speak English. Zero. Nada. <laughs> so you, you have to, like, to translate everything. Even the most simple things you have to translate to them and you're going to answer to them in English. And they're going to, you know, answer in Italian and say, I, di- I didn't understand. And I'm like, yeah, dude, but, you know. Like, well, can I, can I like split the stream in four languages all the time? No, I can't. But like, it, for me, it's insane because these guys are not even like 60 years old that, you know, they did school in the, in the seventies in Italy. Like these are 21 years old that are living in 2021 and they don't speak English. People that go to university and I'm like, man, like, okay, I, I like you, but please learn it. Man, if you want to travel. But also, also for you on a personal level, like for me, I mean, I must say that it was easy because it was more of a necessity, you know. It's not that I wanted to learn English or another language for as a hobby because I was bored. No, I needed. Yeah. I needed it, so I had no chance, you know, no choice, no nothing else. It was either learning English to find a job at least in the beginning here in Germany, or it was me going back to Italy after three months, four months, you know. So, mm. well, and the, I had to speak. <laughs> yeah, and the immersion thing makes a huge difference because one of the ways, you know, my wife just took it in a school environment, and then she dropped herself in Spain for like two months, and you know, she was like, "Well, you gotta, it's like sink or swim, right? Like yeah. you either you either start to figure it out or you can't." Cause this was long before Google translate, you know what I mean? Like when she was learning, there was no cell phones with, you know, it wasn't like you could just crack your phone open. So I didn't even have a smartphone when I was 14, for example. So, yeah. So, you know, but that, <laughs> I, I guess at that point you're just, uh, your survival brain kicks in and starts to mm. you know work and say, all right, well we have to do this. Right. So let's start figuring it out. Yeah, because when, when you speak a foreign language, it's like you're always like ashamed of making a mistake or stuff like that. But when, when you have when you have an emergency, when you need to find a job because otherwise you can't pay your rent. Trust me, the words come to your mind with you know relatively <laughs> easy. Yeah, yeah it's, super it's, fast. It's funny how necessity drives it because I guess when I was younger, you know, I obviously worked in the service industry for a while. I mean, I you know worked in rest- oh. restaurants and those sorts of things. You know, just like university, mm-hmm. you know, you're waiting tables, you're doing that sort of thing. And clearly in the U.S., you have a lot of Latino, you know, people that speak Spanish that are working in those environments and they don't speak any English. And so all of a sudden, if you're going to get your job done, you have to just figure it out. 
And yeah. I will say that at one point, my sort of restaurant conversational Spanish was okay, just because I needed to be able to talk to the guys that were I was working with. Um, and, and now that yeah. I think about it, I guess, yeah, I did sort of, because I was just around them every day and I would just, it started out with a lot of asking, you know, like, como se dice this, como se dice that, you know what como, I mean? Ah, of course. You know, and, Which is the same for me when I was working in, in the kitchen in Germany. Like the first things I learned was, you know, fork, knife, spoon, <laughs> <laughs> pen and stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. hundred percent. Yeah. So that's, um, but I, but it is fun. Like for me, I think that what's cool as well is about your stream that I like, I mean, and this is one of the reasons, you know, a, a friend, a friend of the, of the, the TMI pod is Jeremy Lopez. Um, you know, Lopez oh, radio, Lopez. um, yeah. we're friends IRL, you know, we, we actually, he's the one that actually oh. introduced me to Twitch. Like he, I met him. Um, there's a, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia in the U S and you know, he's, pretty he's up this road from me he's in the next town like up the road um it's not far he's 40 50 miles away um and uh because you americans drive everywhere dude. for me driving one hour is too much but you guys like oh, it's only seven hours <laughs> well, well you know because here we don't like the public transport's kind of awful like if okay. like if you're in new york chicago los angeles which they thought this through right you can get around <laughs> without driving but yeah. Atlanta's a weird city because now we're six million people, six and a half million people. Holy. And when I was a kid, it was like a million people. And the thing that really blew Atlanta up was when we got the Olympics in 96. Oh, so really? in 1996, we got the Olympics and, you know, and we also had, I mean, obviously the two things that you would, well, one, you would definitely know is this is where Coca-Cola is based. So Coca-Cola is obviously a monster yep. company here. And then another and then another store that I don't I don't know if they have but we have a store here called the Home Depot. Oh yeah, yeah, I know about it. Yeah. So it's a it's a hardware store and it's hum I mean enormous and it's based here. Yeah. But they were kind of always here. Um but then when the Olympics came and the airport sort of expanded, it got we got very company friendly, so a lot of companies started moving here. And so the popula you know, once business comes, people come. So the population oh, yeah. sort of went crazy. But the city wasn't built to be New York or Chicago, right? It was just sort of this little, I mean, I say little, it was a city, but it was a sort of, and so then it just, instead of building up and like containing everything, it built out, right? Yeah, yeah. So for example, I mean, I live on the Northwest part, West Northwest part of the city. Um, and I'm like 12 miles from Midtown, like the, the middle of town mm -hmm. and everyone commutes, like everybody drives like 30 minutes to an hour and a half to work every day. Oh God. I mean, it's it, madness from, for a European point of point of view is yeah. madness. Like. And it's, and it's so bad. I mean, because it's terrible at the environment, it's terrible for pollution. It's terrible for traffic. It's terrible for everything. But it's just like, it's almost like when you started doing something and we were so far down the road, it was like undoing it was not an option. So yeah. we just, it's called sprawl. I mean, that's what they call it here is urban sprawl. And we're just spread way out. I mean, so it's a, it's a, you know, and the only way anyone can get anywhere is drive because they also didn't build good public transport. So you don't have trains or you don't have, you know, ways and trains yeah. are like a thing that's so unbelievably awesome in Europe that we just don't have in the U.S. Well, yeah, we have like my town, which is not so big. We have a tram every five minutes for everywhere. Every yeah. five minutes you have an electric tram, like 
no worries. You, you can. I'm, I'm late. It doesn't matter. Five minutes, I can catch the tram. And in Germany, if you like go late to work because the tram was late, you don't have a car. They they can tell you anything. It's just like, yeah, not your fault, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah, and we just we're just not good at that. I mean, it's just something that as Americans, especially mm. other other than those really like hand DC, the metro in Washington DC is pretty good. Um, but that's it. Like those four cities are probably the only ones that like really have got that public transport thing figured out. Mm. So um, anyway, so there's a a local television channel here um, that in Atlanta that um, uh, we have Lopez and I got invited to do this panel thing where it's like commenting on current events. um, And we know the guy that ran the ran that runs the thing. And I came onto the show and Lopez was also a panelist. And the funny thing about Lopez is the way that this is hilarious because we were do, we it, this was even before way before COVID, but we were doing it via it. It wasn't Zoom at the time, but we were doing it via video chat, so everybody was coming in from their homes. And I heard Jeremy or Lopez Radio start talking, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, his voice, yes, is so buttery." You know what I mean? It's just so yeah. smooth and. And but being a guy that came from music and recording and, you know, sort of this sort of stuff afterwards, I sent him a note and I was like, man, I just have to tell you, your voice is unbelievable. Like I, I, I just, it's really great. And my wife, my wife is a reporter at CNN mm-hmm. and she did radio here in Atlanta for a while. And so I know the radio business. He's like, oh, I was in radio. And then all of a sudden we found out we knew a lot of people in common because the radio the radio industry and the television, they work like, yeah. Close and by, in Atlanta, yeah. everyone sort of knows every, you know, even though it's a big, huge, it's, I always say it's the smallest big town in the world. It's like, it's really big, but everybody somehow knows everyone. But, um, it's sort of like, um, you said about Sardinia where the dogs say hello. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyways, um, so I just, and then I, I was not podcasting at the time and Lopez has been podcasting for a, a billion years. Yeah. It's and, been working with radio longer yeah. like for a long long time yeah. it was the guy helping me with my with my microphone loop but it was him yeah so yeah <laughs> and so i actually said oh you pot and i basically just invited myself to his podcast i was like <laughs> i was like well, let's pot why don't let me come to your show and the funny thing is the first time he and i podcasted we talked for three and a half hours and it was just like instant we just got you know we just we were like we were meant to be friends there was synergy yeah and so that's how, and then when he was like, he starts telling me, he's like, Hey man, there's this thing, this Twitch thing. And, you know, again, I, we talked about this, I'm a little bit older, relatively speaking, right? Like to a lot of the, you know, the, the you know, maybe at that time, now it's Twitch has expanded a lot. At that time, I think the, oh, core, yeah. the core viewership of Twitch was two years ago. Twitch was just like Fortnite. Yeah. You cannot think about anything else, but Fortnite and, you know, 12, 15 years old and so on right now, like thanks also to doc disrespect because it's, it's one of the oldest streamers on the platform Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, time that has been doing that. And, uh, and like, uh, time that that they they became like on the the peak of his career and he stayed there for like forever until he got banned yeah you never and and thanks to him was like oh so twitch is not only for fortnite you know i i i'm 40 i can do twitch right because before there was this misconception that you know video games and gaming careers are only for young people everybody else out we don't want you you're not interesting but that's that's 100 wrong now yeah two years later yeah 
Yeah, so Lopez, you know, says like, hey, I'm going to start doing this Twitch thing. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but if you're doing it, I'll support you. You know what I mean? I'll check it out. And then, like, I've made these unbelievable friends. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's interesting because, like, Curdy, for example, who's another oh, Hunt, yes. Hunt Showdown streamer, you know, I met Curdy through Lopez, and now Curdy is one of my really good friends. I've never seen her. Like, I've never in person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we've never met. I mean, Lopez and I hang out IRL from time to time, but you know, cause we knew before all this, but it's just, it's, it's amazing how tech has changed the way we develop relationships and it, you know, we do those sorts of things. I mean, I'm sure that I, I don't know it as a streamer, uh, you know, but I'm sure from your perspective, I mean, because you, you seem like you're a person that's really just interested in humans in general. Right. And Oh yeah. For me, like, like the game, of course I love Unshowdown and everything, but like if I, if I don't have a, a connection with my chat, I just rather, you know, work in logistics and, and play on my own at night, you know? If you, if you stream just to show off, like, ah, oh, look how good I am. <laughs> and that's and that's like uh, five years from now, do you want to be remembered for, oh, the guy was good at video games, right? That's my nightmare, you know, just being remembered for something like so like simple as being good at video games without even having like a contract with, you know, Cloud9 or whatever company of uh, Fnatic or stuff like that. But I want people to remember, you know, you know, Dela, the guy that has the community where I found, you know, this good friend of mine, that's much better, you know, and that's why I like uh, Twitch because because thanks to Twitch, like you said, you met Kirti, for example, through through Lopez. I met Lopez through Kirti, which is funny, and um, it's the only reason why I kept streaming because if I hadn't found like people people like Lopez and and Kirti, I was probably gonna leave Twitch at some point mm. because it's, it was never. I, I'd rather just go YouTube, right? You have no interaction with the chat. You don't have to stress out. You can do everything, you know, at night, and uh, and you're good. Yeah, no stress, no. So yeah, that's that that's insane. Twitch is insane. Like pe- people like to talk bad stuff about Twitch because they don't fully understand or because they are like deep into communities that they don't uh, they don't like. But they they are it's too late to change community, you know, because they build their career only in one game, and that's one of the biggest mistakes, by the way. When when you just like work with one game, all of a sudden the game dies and you die as a content creator, right? That's that's just. I, I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen. <laughs> so I'd rather be like human relationships than like unshowdown. Dela uh, is good at headshotting people, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's, I mean, and what's interesting too is it feels like you're sort of on this trajectory. You know, I think Curdy is on this trajectory, uh, you know, a bit because she's, you know, she's now basically, you know, full time. That's her thing. Um, mm. What I think is interesting, have you thought about, because right now you've got a pretty, you've got a good following, right? And you've got a, you get good viewership. But one of the things you mentioned disrespect, but you know, there's other guys too that I that come to mind, right? Like, um, there's huge ones, right? Like Choco Taco and yeah, Choco Taco, yeah. and like I watch like Halifax and because I'm a, so I'm a PUBG player. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really play. A, and what's funny is I'm new to PC. We can talk about that in a second because I want to get your opinion mm-hmm. stuff. I just built my rig like a month ago. And I was okay. always a console. So I would always just watch Twitch and be a community member with my laptop, you know, because you don't really need any gaming power. But I played everything on console. Right. So um, and I've just now started to mend like hunts, like my first real PC, like FPS that I that I actually play. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- they're very different. You know what I mean? But um, so I, so I watch PUBG PC guys, even though I was a console guy, just because. A, they're sick, and to your point, just I like them as content producers. You know, a lot of those guys. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> so you've got that level. So like disrespect Chaco, 
those yeah. guys are like up in the stratus. You're talking about thousands and yeah, thousands. Yeah, those guys are written in stone. You're never going to get rid of their name a hundred years from now. <laughs> you know, but now it's like interesting because you've got a guy like Nino, right? Who This is another guy who's a hunt streamer and he's a yeah. he's a robot. Like I don't, like that guy's so good. Um, but you know, now I like look and he's in that 1K, 2K, you know, depending on when you catch him. Do you, have you thought about, it feels like keeping up with chat with like, 200 people is mm -hmm. i feel like is hard and <laughs> you know and having those relationships like do you worry there's a point where it's like oh man i've got a thousand viewers can you know on the reg now and like am i going to be able to keep up with what's going on for and me it was never like a, a big number problem you know uh, i was always like am i capable of holding 100 viewers or 200 viewers 300 viewers like long time ago i got rated by gif another you know yeah no showdown, yeah, but yeah. Sea of Thieves and uh, also other game streamer. It's a variety streamer. Mostly those playing Hunt now. And he rated me with 10,000 viewers. <laughs> I went from 20 viewers. <laughs> that was the first drop um, campaign of Unshowdown to 10,000. I, I, I was panicking. I never felt like that in my life. I still have the screenshots, by the way, because I said, one day these are going to be mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. like, it was, it was like, I didn't manage to hold maybe like uh, from 10,000 they came, I managed to hold like 20 other viewers, you know? So from 20 average, I went to 40. And uh, and in my mind, like the thought was like, if I was, like if I had acted like a different way, if I was better as a streamer, as a content creator, as an entertainer, maybe I was gonna hold like a thousand, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it for me, it was always a problem of, am I good enough to hold this kind of uh, viewership, you know? And it's gradually you can put like you can put the chat in slow mode in Twitch. So if I have a thousand and they are all spamming, you you can put the chat slower. You can still catch up with everyone. So if you really want, you just answer the messages that they tag you. You know, with the I don't know what it's called the symbol, like the snail or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they they tag you in the message and you answer to them. You give priority to those messages. But it's it's very easy for me to catch. Like playing hunt and and uh, and reading chat, even if the chat is going crazy, it's kind of easy. I never had the problem. But uh, depend depends depends on what kind of streamer you are. Yeah. Because if you are a hundred percent focused on the game, uh, you cannot catch up with chat. But I already like just die in showdown. That answer to an important question because I don't give a damn about you know. It's like oh my kid is gonna be ruined. I, I don't care if this person is asking me something in that specific moment. Uh, he has priority because if if I'm streaming on Twitch and if I'm doing this as as a job, it's thanks to this person mostly, right? So my KD or my debt on Twitch uh, has no fucking value compared to this guy that is spending like two minutes or maybe seven hours a day watching me and he just wants an answer from me. So yeah, it, it was never like a, an argument. If, if my chat says, oh, Dela, we're going to all stay here and we're going to do, we want to do it just chatting tomorrow, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. I don't, I don't even have to think about it. So yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's, and that's an interesting thing about, I think, you know, this is effectively, you know, content creation is entertainment. I mean, it's no different than people that make music or make films or, you know, these are all, you know, you're producing something you want people to come and watch and coming up in the music business, which is how I sort of came through. I always really thought it was interesting with artists and stuff that that didn't have that opinion about the, the fan, right. Fans, right. Like these people that yeah. like, and I understand too, there are certainly places when people step out of line, you know, when fans mm -hmm. go too far or get, yeah. get in personal space or do things that are not, you know, but to me, it's just like, wow, you're like, 
you, the reason you're where you're at is because people like what you do. Like you, it's you a privilege, have, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a privilege. Being a musician and not working in, in uh, like I said earlier, <clears throat> in logistics, for example, 12 hours a day, it's a privilege. So you were born with talent, which is not your choice because you cannot learn or study talent, right? And, and you're taking advantage of this talent that you have. But, you know, Keep, keep in mind that it can go away tomorrow because somebody more talented than you can, can step in. So if you do this for a living, day by day, streaming, music, acting, because I, I can't even imagine what's the life of an actor, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, It's a privilege and you should always keep that in mind. There are a lot of actors that I don't like on the screen, but I love them as, as human beings. Like, like, for example, Lady Gaga. It's not really my music, but if you if you watch their interviews or the, what she does for her fans, we're talking about a multi-millionaire artist that can just fart on a microphone and make 10, 10 millions in one day, right? Yeah. And and she still takes the time to thank everyone. That, that, that's important. That's why these people are there, in my opinion. I will never be the kind of person that, like, stands on a... On a like on a chair and, and just like, yeah, here I am. Please, everybody <laughs> adore me, you know, just fuck that. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, and it's so nice. And I, and again, because of where I come from and then my wife's career, um, <clears throat> over the years, I, I have had an opportunity to come in contact with a lot of people that you would, that are famous, you know, mm -hmm. especially in the U S right. So, um, and it is, so refreshing when you meet someone like that and it, and they are not dicks. You know, I mean, yeah. I, cause I'm a, like, I'm a huge Foo Fighters guy, yeah. right? Like, so like I got to meet Dave Grohl. Um, oh, and, um, you ever noticed that he really looks like Nirvana, uh, drummer? Yeah, guy? he does. He so looks strange, a lot right? like him. It's wild. <laughs> um, but, uh, he's, he is everything you imagine. Like you hmm. see how cool he is. And when you see stuff, he is like that. I mean, he is just like, if you didn't know who he was and ran into him at a grocery or you would never in a million years think this guy is, he's you just me the history of grunge in the nineties. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a that he's a legend. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just a guy that, I mean, and, and that to me is like, Oh man, that's so nice when, you know, it's like, cause you don't want it to ruin, you know, cause you, cause when you do meet people mm -hmm. that are jerks, then I'm get turned off on their art. You know, then it's yeah, like, you well, mean now... the, your idea in your mind, you don't want to ruin it. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I had it similar with uh, Dan Buckner from Wolf Parade, yeah. which is my, my favorite band. I met him in Berlin and it was exactly like, I, I watched some interviews on, on YouTube and even without the camera in his face, it was the same guy. It was insane. This guy was like, in 20 minutes, he managed to tell me a lot of things that I didn't even find. Like in the internet, you don't find this kind of information. And it was like somebody that you may have gone to high school with you know it's it's so good it's so good i was so happy it's probably one of the best uh experiences yeah of my life one to me i tell people if you ever get a chance to meet a celebrity to <clears throat> to me the characteristic that you can always tell is if even if they're faking it but if they act like or are interested in you more than they're interested in themselves like when i met dave grohl I was, and again, I was, I met him because we were playing at the same festival, right? <laughs> so like we played, they were like the last act, you know, at like 10 o'clock. We played at like 10 in the morning. You know what I mean? It was a, Ooh. it was like one of those things. It was like, we, we played at like two in the afternoon, but it was a, you know, it was a festival, you know? So it was, yeah. it, you know, we were first up and he, I mean, 
I don't get weird out. I don't get freaked out about most celebrities because I've just been around. It's like anything, right? If you're around it, it's mm -hmm. not that big a deal. But like, I realized he was sitting next to me. Like he actually came and sat down next to me and I was reading a newspaper. So I wasn't even paying attention. We were in like the artist area, like, you know, where like there was mm -hmm. a tent because it was an outdoor thing. There was a huge tent that was blocked off that was like for art with, you know, with food for and the water. Artists, yeah. yeah. And I just felt someone sit next to me and I looked to my left and I saw him <laughs> and like my heart rate just went. I oh, was like, yeah. oh my God, I am sitting eight inches from Dave Grohl, right? Like, and here's what's cool about him is he could sense that I was freaking out and, um, and I didn't, and also I'm thinking like, well, look, man, this guy, every day, this guy's got to deal with people freaking oh, yeah, out. Like, like, so I'm just not going to be that guy. And, you know, so I was like, I, I know I was looking and trying to be not obvious, cool, but yeah. was being totally <laughs> obvious. And he taps me on the shoulder and sticks his hand out and he goes, Hey, I'm Dave. Like, what's your name? <laughs> and, and then spent 10 minutes, honestly, asking me questions about me. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't mm. the least bit interested in talking about himself. And that's always to me, like, that's a huge sign, right? If a person is interested in you. But it also says a lot about the artist because it, if it's interested in his audience, in a way, if you notice, like, if you realize that you were a fan and he asked you like personal questions, the guy was doing like market research in a way, right? Yeah. So he's a, he's a professional, right? That, sure. that, that's the thing. He's not only interested in you, but he's also like, okay, this person listened to my music. I want to know why, you know? So I can keep going in that direction if he's working out. That that's that is a lot about the the artist. Yeah, a it's, lot. It's cool. I mean, but again, the then the parallel there with Twitch is I think you know what's cool about Twitch and just how the whole platform is designed is mm -hmm. you get such a high level of engagement with the people that come to watch you. You know, you because can, it's, it's instant, right? You don't have to wait for comments. Here, there's, there's a person watching you. He can ask you a question right now. Mm -hmm. And it's something that it, for a musician you can't do because it's playing, of course. So you kind of, yeah. oh, can you can you answer? You know, so that that's amazing. Yeah, that's probably the best part about Twitch. Yeah, it's super cool. I mean, so how did you? I mean, you're. I know you're also a humble guy. I mean, I know that enough from watching you. But the the you're clearly a a really good player. So have have you always been like have you just been a gamer your whole life and then you and then you said oh I want to stream this like I'm just curious as to how you said oh I play games oh I'm good at games oh I'm gonna do Twitch. That, that's funny because my my mother hated the fact that I that I liked video games like my first uh, console was uh, I think it was like PlayStation one of those uh, rip off PlayStation one consoles from the nineties you know that you were buying at the supermarket. It, 5,000 plus 100 games, you know, <laughs> and it was just Super Mario in 20 different levels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had to plug it in with a, with a SCART um, cable to, to, your, to your whole TV. And I was playing like, uh, it was homework and then Super Mario homework and then uh, Tanks, uh, I think it was called. And, and it grew up like that. Then in, in 2007, I think, my, I, I bought my first computer with my summer job. I started working when I was really young, like 12, 13 years old. And it's pretty common in South of Italy, you know, working the countryside and stuff like that. And I, I bought my first computer and I started playing Warcraft 3. And the Warcraft, Warcraft 3 was amazing, not just because of the story and everything, because everybody kind of loves the story, uh, but for the editor. And for me, in my little room, because... 
my house was really small. My, my room, I think it was like three meters per four, my personal you know, room. I started editing, uh, making custom maps that I was playing with my friends and I felt like a game developer, you know? And uh, th that kind of gave me a different reality because when, when you grew up, like uh, I grew up in a, in a relatively poor family, I would say like, you know, mi middle class, but you have enough to eat and, and drive your car, nothing more, right? That was like Italy in 2007 before the big crash of 2008. So imagine yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you were in deep shit early, you know, after that, you know. <laughs> uh, so, so like I, I developed a love for games because it was an escape. And the fact that I was able to play my my vision uh, with my friends on on, this, on Saturdays was probably my favorite thing. But I, I must, yeah, I, I can clearly say that I played video games my whole life. Thanks to my uncle that... He was giving me like very legal copies of video games in the 90s. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I started playing games like Postal 2 and um, not really good for a, for a 13 years old kid, but uh, it's mainly thanks to him. Like, music and, and video games is thanks to my uncle. Yeah. When, when he really started getting into real gaming, it was, yeah, my uncle. He came from Germany, he gave me a lot of CDs. Uh, games, music, and so on and so on. And that was the dad of me because then I never went, you know. I I was like, Gabriel, do you want to go out? Uh, no, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing, dude, I'm playing Halo 1 on PC. They just did the port. <laughs> yeah. And then in 2004 was like um, World of Warcraft. It was like my probably my biggest uh, nerding summer of my life, you know. Like 2004, I played the shit out of World of Warcraft. I didn't exist for three months straight. Mm. And of course, my grades in school suffered from that. Like, I, I was never a school guy, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I, st I started playing video games mostly to escape my, my, you know, family and financial situation. And yeah, so, so since I was a kid till now, that's that's my escape. You know. <laughs> yes. So, like, what what drew you to Twitch? Like, what made you decide to go from being just a guy that enjoys video games to being a guy that says I'm going to create content? Because since I was 17, I wanted to, to be a streamer. But in Italy, the, the internet connections in Italy are, are pathetic to this day. You can get a one gigabyte connection in Italy, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's fiber. No, it's not fiber. It's fiber from the, from the facility and then comes to your house, which is 120 years old with copper cables. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you have, a, you have a gigabyte, but your connection is like a, a, a roller coaster of drops. So I was never able to stream, uh, never. From 17, I waited 10 years to start streaming. I always wanted to. Mm. Since I can't remember, you know, playing serious games, uh, I wanted to stream, but I was never able to. So that, that's why I decided to give it a go now. One year ago, actually. I've been full-time streaming for one year now, yeah. Did you start with Hunt or were you doing something else? No, I <laughs> that's funny because living in East Germany is basically Italy 2.0 <laughs> and I didn't have that connection to stream another game. So I started streaming Ragnarok online. Oh, nice. It, yeah, it's a 2D game, uh, very, very, very old, like World of Warcraft period. But yeah, I started with that. Then I started with DBD. Mm -hmm. And then when we moved to this apartment, I started with Unshowdown. Yeah. So how long have you been on Hunt? On Hunt, uh, since close alpha, three years now, two years. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I played Hunt before I started streaming it, yeah. I got you. Um, I was one of the lucky guys to get a, a close alpha key back in the day. <laughs> did you, like, but those are obviously very, I mean, not, you know, clearly not like, well, I mean, an, an FPS game, right? Did, would, 
Did you play What's, other FPSs? Like, or was that? I played the Destiny one for a long, long time. Yes, Destiny one on console, PS4. So that, that was my. I think I have five thousand hours in Destiny one on console. Very, very masterpiece of a game. Bungie at the peak of the you know productions. It, it was it was just beautiful. It was new. It was working perfectly on console, and it was like Halo, an F- FPS shooter made for consoles, which is the most difficult thing to do. If you make an FPS shooter for console, it means that it has to make sense with the AMSs. You need to be able to turn around, to have action, and not to feel like a like a brick running straight, right? And that's why Unshowdown feels so weird on console for me because it was developed for PC, and the kind of um, action that you have on PC in Unshowdown, you cannot like uh, replicate that on console because you cannot like jump, change weapon, and shoot at the same time with a controller. You're basically holding a, a potato. You cannot do what you do with a mouse and keyboard. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, again, because I, you know, when Lopez started playing Hunt, and he he wasn't in the way back, but he was definitely played early access, you know, for that mm-hmm. game, and he had told me about it again IRL, and I did not have a PC at the time, and mm-hmm. this is a guy coming from. Well, I was a huge for years. I was a console COD player. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you know, it like. I put there's we're no, talking about modern warfare or Call of Duty one two three like World War two World War one. No, I, I I pretty much started with modern warfare was probably my first hmm. time because that was the first time I played with other people. So hmm. I, I mean I had played some console games, but I, I never had done the interact because again, and it's funny because I've worked in IT my whole life, uh, you know, okay. and so I'm a, that's. You know, I'm, I work in the company we started as a legal technology. It's a, it's a technology company. Oh yeah, for, I was I was um, stalking you on yeah. LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, but I, but you know, but I'm not an engineer, right? So I came from really more of the strategy and business sales kind of side mm-hmm. of the house. You know, I'm I'm I tell people all the time if you put me in like a party in my neighborhood, I'm the I'm I'm the most smartest. You know, I'm the smartest technical guy in the room. If you put me in a room full of engineers, I'm an idiot. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. So, I, I mean, I'm I'm competent, right? I can feel my way around, mm. right? But I'm no, I'm by no means a, an engineer. So even the tech around just chat and how to you know get it to where you're online all the time and you know all those sorts of things. I mean, I never just dug into it. Um, and then console actually made that really easy. I mean, that's one of the things that, and I was always an Xbox guy because I was a Microsoft guy in real life, yeah. you know, for work. And so oh. for me, like, I mean, meaning, you know, all, every company I've worked with have been Microsoft shops, you know, so I was just ultimately really familiar with Microsoft. You're also, you're also a big dude. So the controller from the Xbox was <laughs> much better than the PlayStation. Like I always had this issue with the PlayStation. The controller is so small. Well, and as a matter of fact, I mean, I have control freaks. I've got the highest control <laughs> exactly. freaks that yeah, yeah. you can get. So my, my thumbsticks hmm. sit up like you know, an inch and a half off the Yeah, yeah. you thing. move your hand too fast, there's a tornado on the other side of the world with <laughs> butterfly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but for me, you know, just Xbox, the idea of Xbox chat, right, and baking in the console, just the ability to hook up with other people and to be able to talk to them. So if you co-op or play yeah. games together, you can communicate. Th- that was something that at the time I probably wouldn't have tried to figure out for PC, but it just the fact because that it, it was hard. Uh, it, it wasn't plug and play like on on Xbox or on console. On PC, you had, I don't I don't know if you remember like uh, IRC, yeah, or, or TeamSpeak yeah. back in the day. For like sure. you had to be a, an in- engineer to work with those things. Hundred like, percent. It was so hard for a kid like playing World of Warcraft. You have to do a raid and you have TeamSpeak. Yeah, but you have to need to put the IP then the password and then <laughs> I have to give you permission. You have to, and, no, dude, like 
whatever, right? Yeah, and I remember and, when they shipped the first Xbox where it's like, oh, and here, you just plug this... Remember, yeah, one ear with the foam, one ear with the crappy foam thing, and then the mic stick, you know, and it's like, but all you got to do is plug it into your controller. I'm like, oh, well, I don't have to figure that out. That's easy. So then I fell in love with co-op or team-based multiplayer, like, because before I just was a single player, because I was, I'm really an RP, because my other genre is RP, I love RPGs, like, that's just okay. my thing, and I, I'm a... You know, I came up playing like, you know, like I loved like all the Mass Effects, um, mm-hmm. all the what um, a masterpiece, man. Yeah. Xbox, three, Xbox 360 Max, uh, Mass Effect, like the trilogy was insane. Yeah. And then like Borderlands is probably my favorite FPS oh, series yeah. of all time. I mean, and that's because the first time I saw that, I think the game is great. But the what they did with the visuals, with that weird kind of vectoring, instead of making it look like you know making Car- it look real. You mean there was a game called like 13 you know the spy game oh yeah yeah and they pretty much the same visual style but the way that they used it for borderlands was like oh it's not only an rpg but you can use guns you can like loot guns and everything and a lot of people think that the borderlands were the, was the first game doing that but in reality it was a game called Elgate london oh i don't know that it was really old third person and first person which was like the the, the borderland ancestor let's say but let's let just say the Borderlands did it better, all right? But but this game is is still... People are trying to revive this game since, I don't know, five, ten years now. Elgate, London, there is a, a underground community that is like, bring it back, please, because we want a game like this. The panorama sucks. We want this game. And that's what gave the, the idea to Borderlands. It's it's insane. I got to write this down because I don't know yeah. that. And I don't... Elgate, London. It came out way before Borderlands and... the. Uh, Let's just say that the game per se, it's exactly the same mechanics. So looting, you can be a melee class, you can be a you know a warlock if you want, and so on and so on. But yeah, yeah. So so that you know, and that just at that point, I'm sunk, and I'm just playing lots of those, and we move over. Then I got drug over into PUBG, right, by a <laughs> bunch of friends of mine, you know that, and because I was just like, wait a second, if I die, I have to start over. Like yeah. that sounds awful. Like, why would I do that? You know what I mean? Like, that sounds terrible, yeah. right? And but here lies the thrill of the game: the fact that if you die, no, and at the time if you don't. <laughs> I know at the time I just didn't get it, and finally, honestly, it took one of my friends. Just I got an alert one day that like a, somebody just bought me the game. Like he bought it and sent it to me. He's like, "You have to come play," and. I was just like, and then I felt obligated because I could afford to buy the game myself, but I'm yeah, like, exactly oh, same shit, <laughs> he just bought me the game. Now I got to do it, you know? So, and then I, pl- and then honestly, the first, I bet the first 10 rounds of PUBG I played every single game, I threatened to uninstall it. I just told him, I was like, I'm never doing this again. This is terrible. Cause I was just getting wrecked, you know, like, yeah, spent 10 minutes looting. And then there's a guy like, you know, laying in a bush with a, yeah. <laughs> and, but then once you kind of, your chops start to develop a little bit, right. And you start to get a feel, I'm like, oh no, this is fun. Right. Like, yeah. you know, this is really fun. And then when you start to get deep in games and you finally win one, like, I still remember my first chicken dinner. Like, I can tell you oh, exactly yeah, what happened. I can tell you where everybody was. I can tell you what I did. I can say what gun I had. Like, all that. Um, and that was it, man. The hook, you know what I mean? The hooks, it was yeah, like yeah. the first hit of crack or whatever. You know, like, they just, like, they. it's like somebody gave you cocaine. Like, the first one's free. But then after oh, that, yeah. I mean, I was just, I was totally sold. And then, you know, of course, like, with Fortnite, you know, people, and I'm just like, eh, like, I don't like the cartoony. And then... 
it's, there's so many kids and that's just not my jam and I never went mm -hmm. that route. But well, when Hunt came along, one of the cool things about Hunt Showdown is it takes that PvP thing, right? And it incorporate like, because I tell people, it's like, well, it's not a BR. It's got BR kind of elements, but but it's it, not defined a BR because it doesn't have a closing circle. I mean, the, the area closes, uh, the more close you collect to find the boss, the boss layer, but it's not that you cannot go in the dark zone. If you go in the dark zone, you feel feel free, right? You don't die, you don't get damaged, you don't have like this this uh, impending doom on your negatives. It's just like you have to move, otherwise you die. It can be a strong point or a weak point, talking about Unshowdown. But it's funny that you talk about PUBG because th that's exactly the game that I compare Unshowdown to in terms of gunplay. The weapons are completely different, but when you get a headshot in Unshowdown, it feels like a headshot with the sniper in PUBG, right? Because you have to compensate, you have the bullet drop, you have the... And, um, you know, the, the, the feeling is what hooks you. Like, PvP in Unshowdown is complicated because there are so many factors like you can you can camp in a bush, you can wipe a trio with uh you know with a shotgun or whatever, and and then the PvP element is completely dead in my opinion because there is not a fight. There's you harvesting kill from a bush, right? <laughs> but but it's allowed. That's the fun part about Hunt Showdown. It's allowed because the, the final goal is not the hunter that you kill. It's a boss. So if I have to clear up the map to do the boss without you coming on my back when I'm killing the boss, then I'll do it, right? So it's it's like in Unshowdown camping is like it's a, it's an overused word because the name of the game is Hunt Showdown. <laughs> it's not shoot in the sky, clap your hands and, and you know shoot everything you see showdown. You know right. you have to hunt to get the showdown. So yeah, people tend to like you know forget about it. But yeah, yeah, and it's cool because I do think <laughs> what the brilliance of that game is is it 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 and I guess all shooters do this, but because of how Hunt's constructed. It allows for so many play styles and so many different ways to approach what yeah, you're there talking There is no wrong way to play it, right? If you want to be a ninja with a crossbow, you can do it. Make zero noise for 30 minutes. Nobody cares. You, you can do it, and if you kill somebody, GG's. It's 100% yeah. mm -hmm. your right to play like that, right? One, one thing that I like, I don't... I'm not liking on the latest updates in Unshowdown is the fact that the boss can be melted in like, you, you take a stamina shot, which is like a consumable in the game, and you can do like melee attack for 10 minutes straight. You don't have to stop, you don't stop. You can run, jump, no stop, 10 minutes. So you go to the boss, you have an axe, you just mold the boss and one minute is dead, right? And it completely kills the PvE element, in my opinion. They, they need, in my opinion, to find a way to make the boss more challenging and rewarding at the same time, because people are not doing the boss because what if somebody ambushes it, you know? What if I get ambushed when I'm doing the boss, right? So that's the only problem that I has, in my opinion, yeah. PvE-wise. <laughs> well, especially once you develop a pretty high level of game knowledge, right? Because I remember the first time. Mm. So, <laughs> so I actually started trying to play because <clears throat> I didn't have a PC and Lopez, you know, was talking about Hunt. Oh, yeah. So you, I'd... You, you told me about the new, your new rig. What, what about your new rig to play on Showdown? <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's the first PvP game like that's the first shooter I've ever played on a PC is Hunt, right? So and and for me, it's like what's kind of interesting is is I feel like I've got a a pretty good natural right hand. I'm right-handed, so I've got a pretty good natural right hand. Like my mouse, my left hand movement is a disaster. I mean, that's been my where my focus is just 
Because, you know, I just, I'm a... You mean coordination-wise, or no, you can no, find just, the right... No, no, just muscle memory. Yeah, muscle memory on where everything is, right? Like, muscle memory on, you know, um, crouch, sprint, you know, quick swap, dark yeah. sight. So I can't tell you how many times in in uh, in Hunt I've had the, a bounty, mm -hmm. and I burn my seconds of dark sight because I'm trying to reload, and I tap yeah. E instead of R. You, you know what I mean, and it, and then you just burn. But that, that's but I, why I put it in F, so I yeah, don't touch it well, by accident. <laughs> well, and I'm sort of start getting there, right? It just takes like mm. anything. But I'm like a robot on con because I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty good console player, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm a pretty good, at, and, you know, in the PUBG context with FPS, like I'm a pretty good shooter. You know, I know how to move around. Um, so that for me has been the adjustment. I will say that exactly what you're saying though. Even though I'm kind of a monkey with my left hand, mm. um, playing Hunt with keyboard and mouse, I'm like, oh, this is a completely different universe than than with a controller. Like you've got so much more control, you know, and you've yep. got so much more, uh, you know, opportunity to, you know, to 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 more complex movements, more complex actions, yes. you know, all that. Sort I mean, of that, that, that comes with, with time though, like, uh, movements. And, um, I think I showed on is like 80% map knowledge and 20% anything else. Like there are, there are some like square meters, one square meter of the map that, you know, that you can't jump there because there's like an invisible texture or you're going to get this <laughs> yeah. or you're going to, and if you don't learn this stuff, it doesn't matter how good you are with movements, but if you don't have the knowledge in this game, you, you're done. I was watching Shroud and Summit playing on Showdown. You gave them a rifle or a pistol, they are headshot machines. Like I watched these guys touching gun for the first time, only headshots, which is almost impossible in a game like this. They were dying every match. Why? Because they, they got stuck in the map, they got ambushed by somebody at the boss layer, they got you know killed by a meter because they, they don't know they had to run in a particular way. So that that's what is beautiful about on showdown. I actually but, didn't realize that Shroud and Summit even ever played Hunt Showdown. Man, they played they played Hunt in early access, and they Hunt had like a hundred thousand viewers for like a couple of days. At this, and Summit was playing Hunt Showdown like a month ago, two months ago, mm -hmm. again with like forty thousand viewers, like the, mm -hmm. the peak of the viewership for Hunt Showdown. But he rage quit it because everybody was camping, and he didn't like you know. He, he tried like three days in a row. As soon as he uh, came out from the protected matchmaking, because we have like a system in hand, like they have a system for new players, that for like 30 hours and for 99 levels, they only play against each other, let's say. So as soon as he came out, <laughs> the protected matchmaking and he went into the real deal, he rage quitted because everybody was crouching with an automat, with a knight, you know, with a crowning shotguns and blah. And, and of course, it's a game that like, if you are playing hunt for the chill, uh, you better think twice because yeah, it's just too much to know. It's just like, yeah, play PUBG to chill. Yeah, and no at the same time. Do you want to win or do you want to just run around and loot? Well, and for Shroud, <laughs> I mean, this goes back to our earlier conversation too about like what mm. kind of streamer do you want to be? What kind of audience do you have? Yeah. How do you want to engage? Because, you know, to be honest, I mean, and, and I used to, as a PUBG guy, I mean, I've clearly watched a lot of hours of Shroud. But Oh, Shroud but, was is the king of Reddit, man. I, I love Shroud. I love his persona. I love everything that he accomplished. He's like one of my personal heroes. <laughs> yeah, but the thing about Shroud, though, for me is like you, I feel like you go to watch Shroud to watch a guy just make unreal plays, right? You go to watch him be an unreal shot, make unreal plays, you know, hmm. make, make, do things and make moves that you wouldn't expect. You know what I mean? He's not... Yeah. He, to me, he's not overly entertaining in a 
in a non in a non game way. Yeah. Like I mean, I know For, he occasionally gets into things, but he, you're mm. there to watch him be God, right? With the yeah, game, yeah. like that's what he does. I have multiple reasons for why I watch Shroud. Like uh, in the beginning, was the the exact same reason you said, right? So this guy's a god. Whatever game he touches, this guy's god, right? And that's why you know dif differentiate like the average gamer from from an actual pro. The fact that he can be good in a game the first time he touches it, right? So at the beginning, I was watching Shroud for his plays, and and I didn't even play PUBG that much back in the day. But then I started watching Shroud, Summit, and Ninja for what they say. To steal knowledge, you know? I, I'll make an example. I was watching Ninja one day, and he was complaining ab about Instagram, right? He said, ah, I'm so done posting stuff on Instagram. Every time I post something, I just said, like, the hate messages are the ones going to the top, and they get visibility, and the post stays up in Instagram, but only with the insults. And, and you know, the regular person will, will think, oh, shit, that Instagram is shit, man. I will never use it as a content creator, right? But no, I, I was like, damn, that's genius. I'm going to use Instagram <laughs> because even if they insult me, it's going to bring me something, right? And this is knowledge coming from someone with a million or two million plus followers. So it's like, if, if, he, if he doesn't know what he's talking about, who does, right? And I'm very like, I'm very like always with my ears very open for this kind of stuff. When I watch big guys, mostly is because I want to learn stuff. And if they are where they are, there is a reason. Of course, they have, you know, management behind i don't believe in fairy tales right yeah <laughs> if you're making a lot of money on twitch and if you, you have to spend a lot of money also for management advertising marketing and so on and so on otherwise you don't get to that level that's the just fairy tale guys it's just like you don't get where where pokemon is if pokemon was in a room uh, talking to herself no she has she has you know agencies behind her like countless agencies. so and that's another like um, harsh reality of twitch yeah you, you have to invest a lot of money yeah. in social media, in, in, in gear, because you need to be able to stream like seven, eight hours or whatever hours a day without your system to completely melt, right? You need to spend money to, to in a way, make money, you know, the classic rule in businesses. You need to invest money to make money, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but potentially, you spend it only once, right? Twitch, Twitch is not a business when you have to drop like 500 bucks every month to keep paying the bills. It, it's a business where you buy your machine and everything else is inside your head. So the way you use your, your information or so the information provided by people like, like Shroud, like Ninja, they're, they're priceless. Those are years and years of experience that you, you need to be able to, to catch. Otherwise, you're just looking at somebody playing a game, right? Yeah, and there yeah. are things that are hard to figure out on your own. I mean, what you've got to—I mean, you—you you made a video that helped me immensely, right? You made this optimization video about, yes, um, yes. you know, and and again, like again, I'm fairly technical, not crazy technical, mm -hmm. fairly new to PC gaming, and there were a bunch of things in there. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. Like, like I think I told you, like I didn't realize that you had to go into the NVIDIA console and the graphics card console to change. And I went from like 60 frames to 160 frames, like you know, just making one change, but that stuff's great. And, and what I think is cool about just the, what's cool about the streaming community, if you find the right streamers, right? Because yeah. most streamers are very happy to share with you the things that they've learned. You, you know what I mean? And to be open about, you know, things. And, and it's cool that it's, and that's one thing about the hunt community that I really like. And I don't, my circle has expanded from sort of like Lopez radio and Curdy to other people. Mm. Now I watch, you know, uh, you know, from raids and that's how Twitch works, right? It's this idea yeah, of exactly. finding other people, but I just think it's still so awesome that 
you know, you guys all play together and you, you know, and it's not this like, it's not this like I'm hyper competitive. Oh, well, if I, if you get a viewer, I lose a viewer, you know what I mean? Or Oh this- no, that, that's the biggest lie on Twitch. Like this streamer is stealing my viewers. This is a sentence that you hear every week, every day. Somebody will come to you. You're stealing my viewers. And I'm like, yeah, because the viewers are like mindless, you know, brainless monkeys <laughs> without without opinions, without, you know, taste. And they, they just follow what I say, right? <laughs> People go where they want to go. So if you rate someone because he's your friend, you want to help him, you know, maybe get affiliate, maybe get a partner, you want to, you know, it's because... If the people choose to stay there is because you're doing something wrong and the other person is doing something right for that person. But is we there will never be the way to create content that makes everybody happy. And and it's normal. Like for example, like me and Kerti, we share a lot of viewers in common. And uh when I'm not live, they're watching Kerry. When Kerry is not live, they're watching me. Or if we're live together, one is lurking or they, they lurk one chat and they're writing the other one. So the the argument you're stealing viewers, it's like yelling you know, in the middle of the street, I'm insecure. I'm not <laughs> sure about my content. You know, my content is ass. I'm going to lose people because and that's exactly what it, what it resonates in my years. Like it, it doesn't exist. Like even on TV, since you said that you work with, with this stuff and, and you was a reporter, you said, you know, exactly the people watch what they want to watch. And because it speaks to them in a different way. It's not because you are holding their head in front of the TV. I ah, watch this. I mean, some some networks do that, but that's another thing. But like m- mostly, you watch what you want to watch, not because somebody's like uh, pushing you to watch or to listen to. And 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 I know exactly that that my viewership is like. I don't even like calling it viewership because when when you start calling people like viewers, or or uh, my viewers on Twitch is like you, you're talking about numbers. And, and this thing that I hate the most, because on the other side of the screen, there is a person who maybe is working, and instead of concentrating 100% on, on his work, is is giving you 10% of their time and attention. That's fucking priceless. You know? No doubt. I mean, and that's, that's why yeah. the Twitch. That's why the Twitch thing to me is so cool. And maybe I've just been lucky to be a part of good, great communities. You know what hmm. I mean? Like Lopez community is great. Oh, it's amazing. Curdy's community. I'm there. Yeah. Curdy's community is great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it and and you get to know these people, but it's very um the, the again, to your point, I mean drawing the parallel to like when I was playing music, um you actually people get invested in you, you know? Like they become they feel the ownership. Like the greatest thing you can do in any business endeavor, especially if you're making content for anything, is if someone feels like they have some ownership, like, yeah. and they feel like it's partly theirs. Like I tell yeah. Lopez this all the time and it's no doubt, like I'm a founding subscriber, right? Like for Lopez, yeah. you know, like right when he started, I was in there, you know what I mean? And I've done absolutely zero work to get Lopez to where Lopez is. That's all Lopez, yeah. you know, but I feel like that stream is, is mine in a sense of you were there like the i've been there since the beginning and i feel a lot of yeah. ownership and i feel protective of it i feel you know like if people come in there acting like assholes i'm you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna you can tr- jump in and yeah, intervene as I, a community I, member yeah you know or i feel the need to promote it you know and to let people know it's there like and that's mm-hmm. just that's because well first it's because lopez is just the kind of dude he is and like i honestly i get this same vibe about you from watching you a lot now and us talking it's just like oh it's like i could be i would be friends with that guy if we lived in the same town you know what i mean or whatever like i would go get a beer with that guy 
Um, I think that yeah, like 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 you see, it's like Lopez and and Kerry and other people. I I think that the strong point is that they're not playing a part. And there's a difference on Twitch. Like you you can play a part, be an actor. Like for example, Doc. Disrespect, which is the you know the 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 archetype of the actor on Twitch. That does not him in the everyday life. That's the Doc, right? Or you can be a real person. Personally, I, I like watching streamers that are real. Because if I want to watch fiction, I watch, I watch a movie, right? I want to have real interaction, real opinions with real people. And uh, uh, you, you can like it or not. That's completely uh, subjective. There's no right or wrong in this argument. It's like you you like to watch what you like to watch. And that's why I love Lopez, Kerry, and so on and so on. Because if I ask a question to Kerti live, that's Kerry in, in the living room, you know? Ah, Dela, shut the fuck up. I think this, you see, you, see, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, that's what I like. And in, in, in the everyday life, it, we, we, we're we acting. We're always acting. You are at work, you have to act. You know, you have to pay respect to people that you maybe no, don't respect because they're assholes. You go to the grocery shop, somebody bumps into you, you have to make, you know, pretend nothing happens. So we are always acting, right? And at least while I'm streaming, doing my, my thing in front of the camera in my studio, I want to be real. Because otherwise, how can I pretend the people to, to feel connected if they, if, you know, if I'm only another guy pretending to be what I'm not? Because the stereotype of the angry gamer is being overused since gaming is a oh thing, my right? Gosh, yeah. So everybody rages when you play a video game. Like I, I will lie saying, if I'm not streaming, I play Hunt, I die in stupid ways. I'm like, oh, fuck this guy, you know? Everybody does that in the same way that everybody judges, you know, in, the, in your everyday life. You see something you don't like, you're judging. But the difference is, I don't go to your face telling you what I think if it's, uh, you know, if it's nothing nice. But when I'm streaming, I don't have to do that, right? When I'm streaming and I'm a real person, I can say, yo, that, that's me. Take me as I am or go watch somebody else, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's one yeah. of the cool things about, like, just, again, I mean, you're, it's obvious in your stream and others. It, it's, mm. It is about, you do feel like, I'm getting something that's authentic, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the, I mean, that's the word I would, I would pick, right? Is there's, there's, there's an authentic person on the other side. Um, yeah. And, and everybody's got their insecurities and they've got their, you know, normal things, right? They do, but it's like, so you can see those, you can see the not, I mean, and it's just for me, like you've talked about, you talked about this on stream. There was a really interesting conversation going on in your stream a couple of days ago about, um, um, just how different we all are and how that's okay. Mm -hmm. y you know, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's this, you know, and it's, it's changing a lot in modern times, like where we are now, but it's just this idea of like, people need to conform to something. It's like, man, just be you like you, you are, you know, as long as you're not a, as long as you're not a dick, as long as you're not hurting other people, as long, you know, like you can just be yourself. Like you don't have to try to be, you don't have to yeah. try to conform to some kind of crazy standard, especially what you were talking about the other day. And the question was around morality, but especially yeah. considering how global we are, because everybody's where they're from. I mean, all these things are informed, but it's like by where you live, what the culture is like, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like the U.S. Like you, you take the car, you can go to another complete state when they are complete all their traditions. You know, the people speak in a completely different way, but you're still in the U.S., right? And in Europe, we have this everywhere. Like, if you go from one town to the other, even in Sardinia, it's a completely different world. And and the point of morality, it's it's like comes from another of of my obsessions that I have since I'm really really young, which is you know good and evil. It's probably my favorite topic. 
And uh, what I don't like about modern times is that we have these uh, absurd things like, this is right and this is wrong. And then nobody asks why or because or where it comes from and so on and so on. And, and for me, it's 100% wrong. Because I know exactly that coming from a, from a Catholic background in Italy or coming from Sardinia, which is a very small island, I think it's like 7.2 million inhabitants in, in the whole island. So imagine how small it is. Uh, I, I know that some of my points of view and realities were influenced from my background, right? By my background. So for me, just reading something and not get an opinion or, or pretending that my opinion is 100% right, it, it's insane. But when I'm on the internet and I read people like, ah, you, you don't want to have kids, for example, you're not a complete woman. And I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> especially, especially if you have a dick, shut the fuck up on this one. Yeah, yeah. Especially. So this, this is what like makes me, this is my probably favorite topic and obsession, good and evil, you know. I, my, my goal in life will be, and it is, to find what is universally good or universally evil, you know. Which is impossible if you think about it, because you live you live in Saudi Arabia and you have you know different things. You go in Italy, you go in Germany, you go in, for example, in Germany, in Italy, one of the simplest things: you have kids, your parents are not going to take care of them. The grandparents are going to be, oh, you have kids, good for you. We're going holiday, <laughs> right? When in Italy, they're gonna they're gonna grow your your kid and you can be home never, you know. But in Germany, no, it's it's something like this is crazy, you know. Coming from Italy is crazy. And then the differences between Italy and Germany are, are like infinite. One of the first things that I noticed coming from um, from from Sardinia, which is a, a you know, patriarchal you know family situation where the, the man brings the money home, the woman has kids and cooks and cleans and shut the fuck up, right? That's Italy, guys, in 2021. <laughs> and in Germany, if a girl has uh, the same opportunity opportunities you have, she get paid the same. And if she's with you, it's because she wants to, not because she needs your money, right? And and moving from Italy and going to Germany, noticing this is like, oh my God, this girl boss bigger than mine, you know? <laughs> it was like, oh my God, it's 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 a very cultural, um, a big cultural impact, I would say, which is a is a minimal, a small thing if you if you think about it. For German people who are coming from Italy or, or realities that are different, it's huge. A woman that like, ah, I don't want to be with this guy. Why does he have a job? I don't care. I have my job, you know. I want to, if I stay with these guys because I want to be with him in Sardinia, if you are with someone, it's because he has, a, he earns a lot of money or he has from a good family, you know. He, he comes from a good background. So, very medieval age in Italy, still, man. Trust me, it is. It is. Yeah. And, and I'm, and, and in, I mean, I live again in the southern United States, right? Which yeah, is, so, yeah. which is heavily influenced by religion. You know, and and the Baptist church, right? Yes. And 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 that those attitudes, right? Same thing. Like we've lagged the rest of the country on that, right? It's then again, it's this this patriarchal sort of structure. And you know, and and we still struggle with that in the United States, I think, you know. And and again, I'm married to a woman that is infinitely smarter than I am, infinitely more successful, right? I mean, she doesn't need me at all when it comes, like, as far as sustain, like sustaining yeah. herself, right? Or independency, like, yeah. Yeah, she makes her own money. She, you know, she yeah. can make her own decisions. I mean, that's not, you know, she could, if I left tomorrow, she would be fine. I mean, as far as, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, economically speaking, or yeah. if she kicked me out, right, she would not, it ain't like she's tied mm-hmm. to me that way. Um, 
which is great. And that, that's just for me, though, has always been, you know, unfortunately, I sort of escaped my roots a little. And a lot of it was mm. going to college and sort of realizing there's a bigger world out there. You know, oh, it's yeah. like, <laughs> you know, and, and and whether that's around other religions, other because so, for example, I mean, this is a much longer conversation, but religion right now, I'm really mm. not anything. I'm just kind of I'm still searching as what I tell people. I'm still trying to figure mm. all that out. But I grew up in the Baptist church. Right. My wife is Jewish. She's from mm-hmm. Chicago, right? She's, you know, and so you want to talk about, you want to talk about a weird first family get together when <laughs> Yach turn up with the Jewish girl from Chicago, right? Like <coughs> yeah. totally, de- I mean, just a completely like other planet, right? It might as well, we might as well be aliens. You know, she might as well have been an alien, right? Um, yeah. But for me, you know, I needed to have, um, and I was lucky at university because the two things that happened was I was exposed to a lot of people from other races because, you know, I came from a, you know, these sort of super white Southern towns, you know? Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and then, um, and then also I got, because I was an athlete and I played a sport, um, and, and obviously at university we had athletes from all over the world. So like all of a sudden now it's like, I met, I got to be friends with, you know, a golfer from Finland and a soccer player from the UK and, you know, and a soccer player from Australia. And I was like, Oh my God, there's this whole humongous world out there. And I've no like this much, like the tiniest bit of it. You know what I mean? And he's coming from the U S imagine what was for me (laughs) coming from (laughs) Sardinia to Germany. We're talking about towns of millions of inhabitants. The biggest town in, in Sardinia is like, 45,000 inhabitants, you know, if you don't count the small towns connected. So yeah. for me, it's, and that's a huge problem in Italy. People don't realize how small you are. Yeah. It's the same thing when you are like flying in on a plane and you look down the mirror and you see like, you know, all the, the small landscape, how small the cities are, and how insignificant you are, you know? And that was ex- exactly what happened to me in Germany. You're right. I never had this experience you're talking about. In Sardinia, like, rarely somebody from the outside comes, you know. Maybe from from the rest of Italy, they come for, like, uh, basketball matches. I used to be to play basketball almost in these series when I was younger. So it happened that we fought against people from Rome, for example, right? A match against them. But never, like, people coming from, from Erasmus School. It was it's, it's a pretty new thing in Sardinia. The only thing we had in Sardinia was like people from Chernobyl coming to to get like purified mm. because the air is clear. But that was it. Everything else was tourism. But schools uh, they were never connected this way, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. Years ago, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, and the deep south here is not unlike that. I mean, it's the communities are very insular, right? Like the word, mm, you know, yeah. they're just very contained, and there's not a lot of. You know, influence. the first question is, who's your father? When they don't know you, you know, who's your father? Yeah. Where are you from? Where, where yeah. do you live? <laughs> or as they say it in the South, who's your mom and your daddy? You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so, yeah, there's no doubt. But to you, like, again, the good and evil thing, tying that back in, it's it's interesting because the same, right? Like we start, you know, the idea of pursuing like the perfect good or whatever. But to me, that's the same thing, like about perfection. And one thing I've tried to do in my personal life and my professional life, it, here's the thing perfection is unattainable, right? We can't, you can't get there, right? It's like if you, by definition, right, you're not going to get there. It's the same thing with like truly good, right? It's not attainable, but that shouldn't discourage you from the pursuit, right? Because the, Mm -hmm. the, the joy is in the pursuit, right? So 
like with sports, it's like, I'll never, when I was playing sports, it's like, I'll never be a perfect athlete. Like I'll never be a perfect gamer, but what's fun is trying to be right. Like knowing that you can't get in there shouldn't discourage you right from, from trying to get there because the, the fun is in the journey, right? Not the, not the destination, you know? It's, it's like when you see the businessman with the Ferrari, the self-made man, right? And you see, ah, look at this guy, so cool, he has a Ferrari. But you don't know that the guy was living with his parents for the last, like, five years, grinding his ass, trying to make his business, you know, skyrocket, right? You just see the Ferrari, which is the same thing. You don't see Shroud, but you see, if, if you know about Shroud, you know that he streamed one year. We're talking about Shroud, one year with one viewer, right. and it was him with his phone. <laughs> so it's like, we're talking about Shroud, so... You streaming for three months and you complaining that you don't have viewership? Like, shut up. Yeah, you know? no doubt. Also, good. But about, about, yeah, about, about perfection. Sorry, uh, about perfection. You said I, I come from a background of um, an art uh, gymnasium. I studied in an art, art, art gymnasium in Italy, and uh, the only perfection you can achieve is the the proportions, right? In art, when you when you're making a statue, when you're painting something, or so on. So it's mathematical per- perfection. The problem is that when you when you mix perfection and beauty <laughs> and performance, then nothing makes sense. Because you say, yeah, okay, for, for the standards of proportion, you study to draw um, a face, for example, you have rules. You have the mouth starting when the eye finishes, right? You have the nose starting when your eyes begins, you know? And these are rules, that, but they're not 100% accurate, right? But to draw something beautiful, you have to follow these rules. Right? That's, that's why we, we make a uh, distinction between an art piece and an amateur that is trying to make a painting, right? <laughs> that's why they're really strict. And, and for me, it's, it's also like a very overused word. I'm an artist. No, you're somebody that draws. But <laughs> by, 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 the, by the time that you sold 100 paintings and you have a name in your, in your artistic like uh, branch, let's say, then yes, you're an artist. But no, no you're not if you make, you know emojis on twitch or on, on. <laughs> that's why I, I think the, the word is really is very disrespected you know like for example a reporter if you ask your wife is somebody with experience is somebody that studied is somebody that has a background in communications in in media it's not somebody with a webcam that records something and sells it to the tv right oh for sure but they call they call themselves uh, themselves like freelancer reporters and I'm like, I cringe so hard, dude, because it's like, yeah. <laughs> but then if I, if I, if I like, if I operate a, a frog and I save the frog, am I a surgeon? It's like the same thing, right? Yeah. And it's I mean, scary. And, it's also, scary. and also too, because I think there's also just an inherent level of skill, right? Oh, like yeah. a lot of, right. Like, so a lot of times people think that there's not, I mean, my, in my, in the example, she's my wife. I mean, she has spent 30 years perfecting her, her, her her tools you know what i mean yeah. and like what she uses and she's exceptionally good at it right like she actually interviewed bill gates last week jesus so like think about like you're going into an arena there with the smartest one of the smartest dudes on the planet right like this guy is you're talking about a guy that's literally changed the world right yeah. and continues and you can interview him but thanks to the things they invented indirectly, you know no, what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, and that's what we were talking in. Cause she was actually working up some stuff and she was typing some notes in word. And I was just like, Oh, that's funny. And she goes, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you're typing notes for an interview with Bill Gates in word. 
And she goes, Oh my God, I never even thought about that. And I was just like, yeah. Um, so anyways, but you know, it's like, that is you, not only do you have to be prepared, right? Like not everyone could do that and it work. Right. Like potentially, it, potentially it's like, like when you're drawing, potentially you can draw something, but some people are going to be better than you at doing it, you know? So you have potentially the, the possibility to do everything. Then if you have talent, if you, if you put the dedication and the time needed, yes. But you said 30 years of experience, man, it's older than me. Like I'm 28. So <laughs> yeah. I can even imagine the kind of preparation that, that you need to get to the point where you can interview people like Bill Gates without making this person cringe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But it is, but like, but now with the internet and with iPhones and stuff, I mean, it is a thing. I mean, it's not because she encourages people if you like and want to do something to go do it, but it is just this sort of just like, okay, look like no offense, but like if you just grabbed your iPhone this week and decided to go out and do that, like, I'm proud of you, but don't act like what you're doing is what I'm doing. Like we're playing, no. we're playing a different game here. <laughs> that's the problem with social media uh, it's it's like in acting too i'm very i'm very triggered about this because back in the day if you were an actor you had a theater preparation right yep and i remember like watching uh ulysses a series from the 70s and the 80s and they were all like theater actors and and there is ex expressions and everything was over the top because when you are on on um on a stage in theater, you have to exaggerate your emotions, right? So the people on the on the last row can see them, right. right? And right now you wake up one day and you are an actor because you have social media following, you know. I, I cannot watch those movies. Like I remember a movie with Keanu Reeves, wonderful guy, by the way. Uh with the guy that committed suicide, rest in peace, but I think it was like again some the, the zombie boy. I don't know if you remember the guy. It was in the movie 47 Ronins. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it was a, a purely marketing move uh, that completely made me cringe about the movie because this person was out of place, right? So it's fine giving opportunities, but like you said, we, they are playing a different game. And when you put them together, it's just so obvious that it's not. Nah. I will never be able to work with, with like uh, Summit or Shroud, for example. They play in a different league, and I'm 100% aware that you cannot wake up one morning and be like them, not only game-wise, but I'm talking about the way they interact with chat, the way how professional the stream is, and so on and so on. They have like five years of experience versus my single year of full time. So it's like I will never compare myself. Even if I had the same number of followers, it's something different, man. Like in Italy, we have a person called uh, Vittorio Sgarbi, which is a controversial person. It's, it's an art critic, one of the best that we have in Italy, but he's a really... Um, <laughs> disrespectful guy, let's say, because he knows what he's talking about and he likes to remind you every two seconds <laughs> that it's good, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he said this, if you want to be famous, worldwide, worldwide famous, I tell you how to do. You go to the marketplace and put your pants down. You're going to be famous in 15 minutes. Why? Because we have phones, because we have computers. You're going to be famous for 15 minutes, but you're going to always be the guy that put his pants down, you know? And then no, that's very for sure. <laughs> I, you know, and, and that's the thing too. Fame to me is such an interesting concept. I mean, and when I say interesting, I mean, here's what I believe. And this may be, a, you'll have to tell me, this may be a very American mm. way to look at this, right? Okay. Um, I think that in the United States, 
clearly we, and this is probably all over the world, but we're, people here are particularly infatuated with celebrity, right? And fame, right? It's, okay. it's, we, my wife and I had a really interesting, we were actually talking about the whole uh, Prince Harry Meghan Markle thing and you know the dust yeah, up with by the, the way who with, gives a shit I'm sorry but who gives a no, shit about those guys I, I know but, what's it, but but the comment my wife made which I think was yeah. really intuitive was like yeah she goes but that's kind of like in America like really at this point the monarchy and in, in England they're just celebrities mm. they don't do anything oh, yeah. right like they don't have they're not making decisions in government yeah, you know, yeah, they exactly. just own a bunch of land and they're really wealthy and they're famous right they're celebrities we kind of do that in America with like Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, like our royalty, right? If you want to think about it, are these people like this? And again, I'm agreeing with you. I think that's ridiculous, but we have that culture here, right? Where celebrity is so held up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And in such high esteem, high regard. But for me, what I think though, is that the two reasons why I think people are really attracted to celebrity and give it way more attention than they should is number one, I think people equate fame with money. And, and people are like, oh no, to your point, it's like, I don't have shit. If I was famous, I could buy cars and go on trips and do whatever I wanted. Um, and then the other thing is, is that I think a lot of people are just inherently unhappy with their lives that they've constructed and they look and go, it's a grass is greener on the other side of the fence situation. It's like, they look at that and go, oh, if I was famous, my life would be better. And so instead of me like trying to make my life better. I'm just going to live vicariously. I'm going to try to just live vicariously through these famous people. And I'm just like, why spend less time worrying about them and actually improve your life? I remember uh, that that your last sentence is very interesting because I had a mentor in Italy. My background is uh, web marketing and finances. All right. That's where I come from. And then I went to Twitch, which is, you know, no secret connected. (laughs) But my mentor said this guy owns clubs in Italy, like disco clubs and car dealerships and so on and so on. And he told me this sentence, you're going to you're going to do better when you're going to stop comparing yourself to others. If you stop comparing yourself to others and work only on your stuff, you're going to be a much better person, not in one year, but tomorrow, you know. And it's super difficult. If you think about it, not comparing yourself to others is almost impossible. But it's the best advice that I've ever gotten, you know, business-wise or professional, you know, wise was the best. And it's exactly what you said. It's like, why, why would you spend so much time caring about what others do? And we don't work, you know, to, to our things, that, with our things, with our tools that we have right now. Not what we have in 10 years from now. But what do you have now? Take the best out of it to get to the next level. But I, yeah, in Italy too is the same, and it's not only U.S. The celebrities like uh, when when all you did in your life, uh, and that's fine if these are your life choices, is you know make somebody else happy because that was your choice in the moment. Then you're not happy with your life. Then you go and scout outside, which is nothing wrong with that. But then you kind of don't have the right to complain, you know, because it was your decision. Hundred percent. And social media scares the shit out of me because as a content creator, you need to use them, right? You need to use Twitch, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I hate all of them. Like if it was for me, I, w- I would throw my phone away from the window right now, but I can't, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and that's yeah. the thing. Like I don't like watching other people, like random people content on social. I like watching my friends, but I, I don't give a shit if Robert Downey Jr. as a, as a, Two million dollar watch, good for him. You know, <laughs> I, I don't care. What is mine? You know, where is mine? How can I have my two million dollars watch? That's what you want. That's uh, 
it, it's it's crazy. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm that good now, not caring about what other people do, especially, you know, on Twitch, you are constantly uh, bombarded by other streamers in your face. Like, you're going to stream and Twitch just throws in your face other streamers doing better than you. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, <laughs> thank you, but fuck you. Yeah. So, so it's, in, it's inevitable, but I, I think I'm working on it. And it's it's probably the best advice that I've ever got, you know, the business. Like, just stop worrying about what others think about you. Stop comparing yourself or your life to other people's lives because you don't know what's going on in the background. The person that on Twitter uh, or on Instagram post pictures you know with band laser shit like that they may just have rented them yeah after they like 10 months and i know that in in, in the u.s it's a it's a big thing like people leasing like porsches oh yeah Lamborghini and stuff like that just to show off in the weekend right oh 100 yeah yeah in, in italy they do this in germany they actually own them they, yeah. they don't have this <laughs> but in in the u.s i know there's a lot of people like I, I had a guy in my discord for example like one of the cringiest posts that i've ever seen um, I had a rough life, blah, blah. And it was fine. Okay. It was a good story. But then he posted a picture of a Porsche and a, actually it's Porsche in, in German. And, and, and you were able to see on the front mirror, the, the leasing oh, thing, you know, and, and I was like, dude, shut the fuck up, please. Oh, <laughs> like if you, if you're like talking to 12 years old, they can, you know, they can, you can feed them this bullshit, but not to me, dude, you know, not, not to adults working their asses off that they really because my audience is relatively old compared to you know other on streamers it was like one of the cringiest things that i've ever seen like yeah. he was able to leave the post without the fucking picture and it was gonna be perfect man <laughs> perfect man yeah it's but, i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i so a buddy of mine has a, a saying that i've ripped off for years that mm. is um that i think and i remind myself of this all the time because just like even like most people i catch myself occasionally like having some envy right or whatever you want to call it right oh, yeah. like looking at other things but he goes man he goes don't look at someone else's plate and be sad that they have food that you don't look at your plate and be grateful that there's food on your plate exactly and yeah. and if you want to add something to your plate go to the garden and get it you know and and that's yeah. that just to me is sort of universally it's just this you know, all of us, and it's okay to have a, a, to aspire, right? Like it's okay to look at someone and go, oh, I, I'd like to get there, right? Like I'd like to get to mm -hmm. that place, but understanding that it can't come with this negative, <clears throat> you know, these negative emotions or, or really letting it, I just think that at the end of the day, and this is something I've been blessed with. And I mean, and, and I've struggled with it because it's really ego and I've always had mm -hmm. a health, healthy ego, um, and sometimes it can get out of control, but fortunately as I've gotten older, I've sort of been able to, but I I'm, it, there are so many people that just don't have self-worth, right? They don't look at, they yeah. don't view themselves as valuable and that's a dangerous spot for people to be in, right? When you can't look at yourself and say, I've got value. Yeah. And, and you know, and I try to remind people and I've get friends that get into these tough spots and you know, is to just be like, Hey man, you've got like, there's things like you stop focusing on the, the empty bucket and look at the full bucket. Cause you've got a bucket over here. That's full of all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. You just are ignoring it. Uh, it reminds me of something that like, I don't have a relationship with my parents. Like I don't, I don't really talk to them, but my mother said something right once in 28 years. She said one thing, right. It was, <laughs> uh, she was giving me advice in her mind. Uh, um, 
for my relationship. And she said that to, to be worthwhile for somebody else, you have to be worthwhile for yourself, right? <sighs> you need to, and if you don't value yourself uh, and you go into a relationship, you know, she probably heard this in a movie, by the way. I don't believe <laughs> it, you know, she thought about it. Uh, you know, and she, she told me like, if you don't value yourself, if you don't have anything to offer, whether it's, you know, like money, personality, uh, either also like physical strength to help somebody else that is like in a, in a that he has a particular air condition or something like that, uh, you cannot be something for somebody else. Like if you don't value yourself, you can never be like something for somebody else because they feel, they smell your fear, they smell that you don't value yourself and they're going to treat you accordingly. Yes, yes, yes. That was probably the only right thing. <laughs> and that's exactly like what you're saying is like, people like, I focus a lot like, um, I'm not making like good numbers this month because I did something wrong, wrong or I said something wrong. But there was a tournament yesterday that I didn't took part. Like I, I don't I don't like playing like unofficial tournaments because cheaters have like the 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 free go. They can do whatever they want because it's not regulated, right? So I don't participate because I, I just see it as a waste of my time. And I was like, ah shit, my viewership today like dropped a lot because people are watching the tournament. They should have like played in the tournament and so on and so on. And on the other end, I realized you Damn fuck, you have 60 guys still watching you and you're not even playing the tournament, you know? You yeah. lost only like 20 viewers, which in numbers 20 is, is a lot for, for small streamers, but you still have all your loyal viewers still watching you, right? And my mind was like, ah, shit, I lose a lot today. No, I didn't. They were there watching no matter what. So perception is, is, a, is a bitch. It is so difficult, man, to focus on the right thing when you need it. And you never learn. Like you can be like seventy years old. I promise you, you're gonna you're gonna focus on the wrong thing because that's what we are. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like distracted motherfuckers. Yeah, it is. But it's also just like having the tools to remind yourself in those moments to like to be mm. able to check yourself because a lot of people like everyone has those moments, but a lot of people don't know how to recorrect or re or or adjust. Oh yeah, you know, and just go oh like exactly what happened to you. It's like oh man mm. like this is a blessing, right? There are people out there that have, that are, have two people yeah. watching them that would kill themselves to be where I'm at right now, you know? And it's the same thing. I, I will disagree with you a little on something you said earlier, because you said I'll never be um, shroud or I'll never be summit or one of those guys or, or you know, but here's the thing, like, you're not trying to be, you're just trying to be like the best Della you can be. Right. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is at some point down the road and that's not even down the road, it could be right now. I mean, I, believe me, I consume streams enough and I'm a fairly smart dude. Mm -hmm. um, Shroud and those guys can watch, could watch you and find things and say, Oh, he does that really well. And I, I could do that. And that's also, and the overarching idea there, and we, again, we talked about this on stream or it was a conversation going on in your, in one of your streams the other day is recognizing you can learn something from everyone is one of the mm -hmm. greatest skills you can like, like realizing that no matter who you run into, if you go into every interaction with a person, yeah. like feeling like you could learn something, your life Especially will get. Especially if he's older from another generation or younger for one matters. Like if, if you listen to a 14 years old now. The, the, the lives on TikTok and Instagram, it can teach you more than one of those, you know, fever uh, courses, you know, crash course <laughs> on Instagram. If you talk to a 14-year-old, it can teach you much more. It's insane, dude. Yeah, insane. I mean, but just, but you've got to be open to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. if people are not open to, or the other thing is, is if you decide to assign value to someone before you know them and just go, yeah. oh, well, 
like, you know, again, like a homeless person or, you know, or a, a, a somebody that's just radically different than you. I mean, I just feel like I, you know, even just today, I feel like I've learned so much in the last hour and change. Um, because I just, I just love talking to people that, because we all come from different places. And oh yeah, I mean, a, a life that you don't use to learn stuff is a life wasted. You know, Bruce Lee said, "When you stop learning, you're already dead." And he was right, in my opinion, because like, like again, I was able to like come from Italy, you know, with my stupid uh, gymnasium, you know, qualification and work in, uh, in 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 a in a ceramic place, you know, just making vases for my. For the rest of my life, 3,000 euros per month in Germany, that's a lot of money in Italy. And I was happy, right? But in the end, I just like, yeah, but what about, you know, searching and talking with more people? Like when I studied German, because I studied German, I have my B2 certificate. I, I, I met people from all around the world. Germany is like, uh, I don't know what the percentage is now of immigrant people after the Libya crisis, when a lot of refugees came to Germany, you know, from all over the place. And I met like people that were my age, so at the time 26, eh, with five kids. Coming from a background <sighs> when you are 26, your life ex- expectation is 45. Yeah. yeah. And, she, and she was like, she was like so much more like um, closed as a person than me. She was like scared. She didn't want to talk with another man because, you know, culturally it's not accepted. And so she wasn't even able to stay in class. She has to sit like this girl was. I mean, this girl, she's my age, this, this woman, she was, she had to, to sit on the back of the class, right? And in her, in her mind was not a problem in the beginning. But then, like, at the end of the first um, qualification certificate, which was A1, she became more open and she started, like, getting more into the, my way of living is not the, it's not the only one, right? And I seen this, transa- like, the transition between this, this scared person escaping from a war uh, to this this young lady with five kids, happier than she ever was, you know. It, it was so strange to see that, man. And everything that she found out in Europe was everything that I took for granted since I was five. And it, it's so strange. So, so strange. You start, you start, like, appreciating also what you have more. Like, I don't have a family. I, I don't have a classic family. In, in Like, I don't talk to them, but they are there. And this person, like, she doesn't have parents because they got killed, right? So in a way, I can go to my father and say, yo, fuck you. She can't, even if she wanted to, right? <laughs> right. And then we take all of these things for granted. Like what, what you have in these countries, you know, Libya and some parts of Africa, like Sierra Leone or places like that, when, when they still have the kids commando, you know, the kids. Sort of, it's like the, the only thing they have is life. The only thing they have is life. Everything else is like nothing else matters. And, and that's something that we... As like the US, Europe, and et cetera, we take for granted. The, the first thing in Germany is that guys have too many choices. You finish high school, you can do what you want. You are poor, you want to study law, you can. Why? Because it's free. So you can go to university, it is free. And in your mind, you always have this thought of, I can do what I want. And some people go crazy in Germany. They don't, they don't do anything. They keep living on, on the back of the, of the government because they get, they get money from the government if you're a citizen. Uh, I think it's like four years, then you can work like one year, and then you can get four more years without doing anything or something like that. And they pay for everything. They pay bills, they pay your rent, they pay your kids' school, they pay everything. You don't have to move a finger. So it's insane. People in Germany, they have so many choices. They, some people that I know ended up not doing anything. 
And these guys, just to study, they, they cross the ocean, you know, with a, with a fucking boat full of walls right. just, to, just to not get bombed, you know? And then everything else is luxury. Oh, there's water in my house, you know? Yeah, I mean, we obviously, <laughs> especially with the, I use the word loosely, president we had for the last four years. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff, I mean, you know, there there was a pretty healthy wave of sort of anti-immigrant you know, yeah, it, with, with oh, in Italy too, man, in with, Italy, <laughs> with part of our population. But my argument with those people is, you know, is really just like, can you imagine? I mean, and then again, this is something I think Americans take for granted too, because I mean, the joke I always make is even our homeless people are fat. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you talk about the problem we have here, but it's just like, you know, we have fat homeless people like you can't like, right. Yeah. Like there's just, there's so much wealth here, you know what I mean? And hmm. so much stuff, right. It's abundant. But, you know, I just, I, my thing is like, can you imagine living in a place where you have to make the decision to say, hmm. I'm going to grab my wife, grab my kids I'm going to leave everything, every person, every everything behind with what I yeah. can carry. I'm going to go to a place where I probably don't speak the language. I don't know the culture. Trust me, from Persian to, to German, there's a huge gap. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, but, so I'm going to go where I don't know the language. I don't yeah. know the culture. Um, I may or may not have skills that are translatable into, you, you know what I mean? Like making a living. Um, and a lot of people hate me. For no right, reason. Right. For no reason <laughs> at all. Think about how bad those people's. And that's why I tell my friends, like from or people that I know that are so anti-immigrant, you know, I'm like, look, man, I'm like, put yourself in that person's shoes. Like, can you yeah. imagine these people? Like if you live in Syria Oof. and you're like, okay, I got to pack my put like throw my family on a cargo ship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go to a place After where I've seen my, my parents die. Maybe, you know, you know, and go somewhere <laughs> where everybody hates me and I don't speak the language and I don't know anything and take my kids into this amazingly dangerous situation. Like what the, like, do you not have any compassion? Like, is there no empathy right in your thing? It's like, how, how bad does it have to be? Can you imagine any scenario here when you'd be like, Oh shit, I got to pack my shit up and go to Canada. You know what I mean? Like, no, it doesn't happen here. It doesn't Science happen. Science fiction, yeah, yeah. Right, and so I just, and for me, that is my, over, so your thing about good and evil and how that's your, mm. my thing that I could talk about all day long, or at least is that somehow, some way, we lost empathy. Yeah. Right, like, it's it, it's the most basic, and I it's like every time I see anyone, even when they make me angry, I try so hard to go, okay, imagine if I were them, why mm -hmm. is this happening? Right. Yeah, why and, is he behaving like that? And 90% right? of the times you realize that this person just had a very shitty day or life, you know, and you don't, you, you don't make a, a, a hero of yourself insulting this person and making them feel even worse. You know, like it happens all the time when you're streaming, like it, it's a common example. Kirti can tell you something about it. Oh yeah. People comes to your chat. And they insult you for no reason. Maybe because you kill them. Maybe because you're, you're a woman. Because that happens a lot on Twitch. Uh, you're a woman. You have to play. You know, you have to be a TT streamer. You cannot play video <laughs> games, man. Yeah. You can't. And and you'd be amazed how many times you answer like super calm, and you say, "Dude, you know, chill. There's no need. Well, what's your? How you doing? You know?" And they they go completely. You know, they flip behavior towards you. 
Why? Because nobody in their fucking lives asked them how they were feeling that yeah. specific moment. And that makes a lot the difference. That makes the difference. Like you, you can feel, you can really feel even from the computer, even from his next message, how this person changed just because you gave a fuck about this person, you know? And well, that's something that we lost. You're right. You're 100% right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you know, I always think it's like you f you don't fight fire with fire, you fight fire with water. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. that's the, you know, the the you want it, yeah, cuz just adding and and this was this is a new thing. This is really this is a new thing for me even since I almost died, right? Since I was sick. Mm -hmm. Like I used to be the guy that would mix it up like, "Oh, you want to go? Like you want to throw down oh, yeah. and, like, you know, scream at each other? Like I'll do that." Like cuz I'm you know, again, I'm a fairly bright guy, and I'm pretty quick on my feet. So if you want to, and, and also you, you, you are like Gulliver in, in, <laughs> yeah. in Lilliput. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right. But now you're right. I mean, it's just to like, there's so much to be, there's so much to be accomplished. Because if again, going back to what I say before, if that goal is, is like feeling like I, if is, if I'm gonna practice what I preach and go, I can learn something from everyone. If I go flame on flame. I'm never going to learn anything with that person. But maybe if I don't go flame on flame and to your point and go, Hey man, like, I'm sorry. Like I, it sounds like something's yeah. wrong. Like what are you, is it cool? Exactly. Like, how can I, like, can I help you? That you can people, disarm so many situations like that. You people no will idea, just like, like, it will flip them. Cause then they're like, yeah. they can't go anywhere with that. Like they can't, yeah. you know, if you just go that, if they say something, you just go, Oh yeah, fuck you. Well, gang, at that point, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh my God, this guy's being nice. What do I do? Like, cover your head and roll. You know, yeah, it's, I you, mean, you don't know, yeah. or the other thing, which is one of my wife's favorite phrases of all time, is "There's no audience like no audience." Oh yeah, you mean the moments of silence? When yeah, you have just to, that moment when yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna not give you any attention. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna basically take the air out of the room. You know what I mean? And just like go and just give you no audience at all. They you go know, crazy because they because they, <laughs> they're looking, they're hunting for a reaction, right? Like yeah. now, they're good or bad, yeah. But when you give them the soft reaction, they really it will confuse them. They will not know what to do with it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, like when you scare a goat, they fall on the side. <laughs> of the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Of course, it's just, very difficult though. Yeah. Just for the record, of course, two things I wanted to say earlier. Of course, when we started talking about cars, the first thing you brought up was a Ferrari. And of then, course. And then, but you know the funny thing is not even Italian anymore. There's no supercar brand uh, that is Italian. They're all or either American or German. Lamborghini is German now. Oh, Ferrari really? is that yeah, yeah. Even, even Maserati is uh, is it was sold to Fiat. So even you guys in America, you also have Maserati now, mm -hmm. FCA group. So it, it's funny because <laughs> Like we're famous for stuff we, we don't even make anymore. It's just dumb. <laughs> like the, the Lamborghinis are German. Like the engine is Audi. The the the, the electric the electronics mm -hmm. are Audi. There's nothing Italian. The design, all right. Like you you are as Italian as I don't know at Carbonara in the UK. It's the same <laughs> shit. <but. laughs> Uh, well, that's what my thing because I've actually been on a bit of a cooking jag the last few years, and um, yeah. the latest thing I've done, yeah, is fresh pasta. My my wife got me some stuff to do yeah. to you never go back to roll and cut pasta, pasta <laughs> and it's really amazing. But now I've even started getting so now I finally switched over to like semolina and like double mm. like double O flour. You know what I mean? Like, you ever made gnocchi at home? Yeah, so I love potato gnocchi. Like it's like like that's like my kryptonite, man. Like if you yeah. like you know, especially like I'm a I'm a cream sauce guy. Okay. Um, and so if you give me any gnocchi in like a 
like a Parmesan, like, or a garlic cream, like, I like, forget it. Like I will do yeah, what you, a, you eat a bowl <laughs> yeah, yeah. on your own. Yeah. So we're lucky in Atlanta is actually a pretty tremendous food city. Like we, and again, I guess most cities that are this big, you have lots of, but, but there's, two. there's a lot of multi, multiculturality because it get imported by, you know, the people that actually invented that. Yeah. You know, how many rest- Italian restaurants you have in Atlanta? Well, Countless, I guess. yeah. So what's <laughs> cool is, is there's two in particular and I love Italian food, but, um, but like real Italian food, not American Italian food. I always have to tell people that there's Americanized versions of like everything. It's like same thing with Chinese food here. It's like yeah. a lot of it's really now just become these American creations, but um, there's a place up a little bit north of me and the guy's his name is michael vincenzo right and he's okay. he's been here for, he's been here <laughs> vincenzo that's like uh, it's like a walter white like a john doe in italy yeah vincenzo. <laughs> I, I mean he's, yeah. he moved here maybe tw- 10 or 12 years ago and um oh. they and from italy and he he has a spot and that's his thing he so he they hand make the gnocchi every morning and oh, they boy, have that's... one of these kitchens with the glass. So like if mm-hmm. you come in, you can see them kind of doing their thing, which is pretty rad. And that's then interesting. And then another um 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 a buddy his name is Marco Betty or Betty. Um he, Betty, see, see. Yeah, he's um <laughs> he has a place that's been here for like twenty something years. And I used to own a little bar down in Atlanta and he was up the street from us. And um I got to know him fairly well because we were just businesses that were close together. And um he um his so he's from florence that area and my sister lives in florence right now so yeah yeah so (laughs) his fan so he came here but his two brothers and his father are chefs and they have like three restaurants in florence or two restaurants in florence and then he came to the states and opened a restaurant here um antica posta is the name of his place here Mm um but he makes and it's really tuscan you know which that's the other thing too is people not knowing the difference between like they think like olive garden italian and i'm like well tuscan like northern italian is different than yeah tuscany and and like um lombardia emilia romagna these regions they have like you you make like 20 steps in another restaurant and they have a complete other way to do Uh things that is also traditional and you're like oh my god just let me eat, you know, yeah. it's, it's complicated, yeah. but you know, but he does, but you know, they have steaks and fish and like most people just mm. think Italians pasta. And I'm like, no dude, they make stuff, not pasta in Italy that will blow your face off. Right. So I, I, I will tell you something strange. Pasta is more of a South Italy thing. Yeah. In the North, they have polenta. Yeah. And the reason why pasta is more common in the South is because the South is poorer than the North in mm-hmm. Italy. So pasta is cheap. Bread is cheap. And why that that's why they are traditional in the south and the middle italy mostly yeah so but if you go to uh, yeah no no go ahead if you go to where no no, no i mean if, if you if you go more on the north you you see the menus changing completely we have like more meat on the north that they, they have less and less carbs and more protein you know based foods in the north yeah and polenta is like the the you can make you can fry it you can make it boiled you can make it in like a hundred you know ways different ways and it's still going to be more expensive than a, than a than a pasta dish in the south even though better or worse that's 100% you know subjective or whatever but it's in terms of being complicated pasta in the south is more complicated but it's cheaper you know yeah, so, yeah. yeah. so the thing that's cool about antica posta and marco's deal is um once a year um his family he gets in a shipment of white truffles Oh my God! Because thousand dollars per per kilo, basically. Yeah, I mean, and so he has a white truffle, 
And what it, and so like he has an email list where basically like for those of us, you know, that are on his like, you know, like his like friendly solicitor. Yeah, or just his, you know, or just customers, you know, that have signed up, you know, to be whatever. He'll he'll go, hey, they're coming in, you know, and basically we're going to sell them till they're gone. Right. So if you, you know, not sell them, but we're going to. Yeah, limited like we're going to cook. We're going to cook with them. But once they're gone, they're gone. Right. So, um, so, uh, you know, it's the entree is. And all it is is white truffle pasta. So it's basically just pasta with a white truffle sauce. A little bit on. And a little shade on top. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And, but I mean, it's, it's 200, the entree is like 210 US, right? So what is that, like 150? It's or, not even that expensive. In Italy, they can ask you all the way to 500 if you go to a, to a proper restaurant, yeah, you know? But, but they do have, <laughs> they do have like an appetizer version that's about, oh, that's about 75 or 80 dollars and but basically it's i always tell my friends it's like it's enough to where if you get the appetizer and you've got two people each person can have like one forkful you know you know that it'll give you one mouthful you know what i mean it's just so basically it's kind of like how they've set up to where two people can taste it and it costs you 40 bucks a piece Mm. but brother like that's one of the things i treated myself like when it first happened and i'm just like just it's another planet like it's just like when you eat that it's like you get it like there's a lot of food like i hate caviar right like i just have never liked it too salty right (laughs) um but that's a thing i know you know talk about beluga caviar that's a fucking thousand dollars an ounce or whatever the fuck it is right but insane if you ask and i'm just like i don't know why that costs that much but this thing the first time i ever ate this thing i was like holy shit i understand i get it i know why yeah. you charge what you charge because this is unbelievable <laughs> and imagine that if you live there you can just go in your backyard you know oh. if you know the right people and, and do this like once a week oh, it it's just... like yeah it's insane i mean food in italy is like a, a big deal not not because like it's the best food i don't think italian food is the best food in the world i, th- I think it's like it's very um influenced by a lot of you know factors you know the weather the land uh, and the, the fact that we are all surrounded by the sea, especially Sardinia, is very similar to Greece for food. But the Mediterranean diet, uh, what, what we call Mediterranean diet, diet in Italy, is like uh, not really healthy if you think about it, because it's a lot of carbs, it's yeah. a lot of olive oil, and it's like uh, pasta, maybe dinner and lunch every day. That's not good, dude. Like it's it's not good. But there's a reason for the reason for that was like uh, being poor. You, my, my grandfather, for example, he worked in a coal mine. Mm. And all he was eating was pasta, you know, olive oil and garlic pasta, stuff like because it's super cheap. But after you eat like a, a, a plate of that, you can work like 10 hours straight because it's in your stomach and it stays there. Right. Yeah, yeah. But but since we're mm. not working like this anymore, the diet is not that good anymore. Right. So, you're not working like heavy duty jobs in, in, in Sardinia, in Italy, whatever. But the menu didn't change. So it's problematic, man. It's problematic. And as the guy who's diabetic, you know, yeah, I, I right? have to pick my spots and I love pasta. So I don't, I can't eat a lot of it at a time. I'm going to eat it. I just can't gouge myself on it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, no, you... and, but it is, man. But now that I, it's like that, and maybe I like it more now because I know that I, I can't just dive in and just have it all. But yeah, man, I do enjoy. It. And you're right. There's to me, it's like, once you start to like food, it's there, there's great food all over. Like there's, you know, we have a South African restaurant here. That's just absolutely amazing. Like that couldn't be any different, you know, like if you get into Persian food, like, you know, th- that's, it's just, it's to me, like, I just like to eat 
<laughs> same so, and, and when you have like an excuse for it like i'm training at the gym you know i can and you keep eating anything yeah that's, that's i know i told my wife too i was watching stream the other day and it's funny because we were um i was like most italian thing ever because you had the little pack of rolled salami and yes. I'm just like, that's on brand, man. If you're Italian, of course you're gonna pull out a package of like roll. Because I don't even exactly. know, if, I don't even know where I would buy that in the U.S. Like the closest thing we have to that is like beef jerky, you know what yeah, I mean, or whatever. That or, or something called beefy. I think you have in the U.S., mm. which are like uh, sausages, but they're like packed singularly. Yeah, and it makes no fucking sense uh, <laughs> yeah. ever. But all right, no, they yeah, are, but no, yeah. it's uh, it's in Germany, Germany, Italy are very similar for meat uh, production. Let's say what you find in Italy, you find in Germany under a different brand, whether it's, you know, fish or, uh, or uh, meat or whatever. I'm not a fan of buying, you know, ready meat from, from like, you know, those already sliced meat. I like to, you know, buy my chicken meat, slice it Same. and cook, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's just better. I just think it's better and it's a better value. Um, you save money and it's healthier in a way because you can remove manually the fat, you can cut it the way you want and so on and so on. But I mean, I work in a kitchen, so, you know, I'm a little bit picky for this kind of stuff. And and if I remember correctly, you were in the chat when we were talking about the meat uh, dilemma, I would like to call it, because it's too easy going to the supermarket, right, and buying a bag of 500 grams of one kilo of chicken nuggets and cook them, right? You don't know where the meat is coming from. You That's don't right. know. And one of my favorite things to, to you know, you know, like poke the chat with, because there's a lot of, like, vegan people, vegetarians in the chat usually, is like, uh, I bet what you want, that if you had to kill the animal, and cook it yourself, you are not going to eat it. Because you're too used, uh, first of all, to the taste of the meat at the supermarket, which is different completely from the one that you hunt. Completely. And and second, you, you don't see where the meat is coming from. So it's too easy, right? But if you had to kill the cow for your hamburger and then like cut the meat from the cow, bleeding all over the place, mash the meat, you know, meat, it, you'll never eat that stuff. I don't eat lamb for that reason because I had to do it. Like in Sardinia, it's common that you kill your own stuff, you know, especially out of necessity. And I remember I was like very, very young. And my father brought me to a slaughterhouse. And uh, that's common in, in Sardinia, by the way. It's, it's pretty common ritual, let's say. And, and I had to choose a lamb and I had to kill the lamb, take his skin apart. And then we had to eat the lamb. Since that day, I don't eat lamb meat. Because I remember this little lamb crying, you know, because you pull the skin when the lamb is still alive. Ugh. And then you, and then you got it, you know. So it's, ah, uh, oh man, I, I mean, it's good. Lamb meat is good, but I don't need to fuck that shit. I still remember, you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's my wife is actually basically a pescatarian. Right? She basically just eats fish. And it's okay. not for health reasons. It's just because she thinks cows are cute and pigs are cute. And she just can't get her head around you know, and it's so that's why. And to your point, like I'm a total hypocrite because we're my wife and I are big. In, we don't have children. We have pets mm -hmm. like we we've rescued. Which is the same thing. As some, yeah. To I mean, <laughs> yeah. We've rescued a bunch of dogs, you know, and cats. You know, that's kind of yeah. our thing. Like we've got animals and, you know, we're animal people. And I'm a hypocrite because like I love steak. I love bacon. Oh, mm -hmm. like, you know, that sort of stuff. And I just don't. But but I'm that but I'm that way about veal. Cause I'm like, that's a baby. Like I can't yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Same. Like, <laughs> so I mean, but I'll eat a hamburger. Like I just had like the most ridiculously good hamburger yesterday. Like yeah. I've had in a long time. So, but like I, I have less problems like eating a, a cow that is an adult than, than, than a lamb or, a, you know, uh, I, it's just like they, they didn't have a chance to live life. Right. Yeah. 
that's why that's why my mind is harder to eat those kind of uh, animals and i don't have problem eating maybe a, a you a humongous pig or a cow that, that's the reason which is hypocritical like you said but i'm capable of killing my 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 own food you know and i know my my the provocation was like i'm pretty sure that 90 percent of you were not able to do that because i had to do it like out of necessity when my father had a business that failed so we mostly lived of what sardinia had to offer for like a year or so and that's a good thing because you can find everything in the wild you know rabbits uh wild boars so if you know how to hunt you're good you don't spend one one dollar man you don't have to pay anything so i i know what it feels like i know how to do it but from from my point of view we need to stop like making so easy to buy meat and you need to to teach little kids where the meat is coming from because that's the only way to make them responsible right otherwise they're gonna grow into the adult that doesn't give a shit that orders like two kilograms of chicken nuggets and then it doesn't finish them and it throws it in the trash why because they are cheap and it's better to buy fresh ones than eat the ones from the day before right I mean, I will eat the ones from the day before, but we, yeah. we know people. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? and that's not just true about meat. I mean, I think it stands for people to look at that for your produce and stuff, too. Like, yeah. you know, we fortunately around us, we've got a lot of farmers markets. We've got a lot of like places where we can get stuff where it's fresh from, you know, it's not mm. this heavily processed, you know, shit. It's it's from it, yeah. it, it was in the ground three days ago or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I think and this gets into a much bigger like societal conversation. And at least this is sort of true in the u.s i'm sure it's true everywhere else and fortunately or unfortunately um it's very expensive to eat like in certain places it's very expensive to eat healthy right so so you know the reason why a lot of times here people buy those i mean there are reasons that suck right which is it's a parent that just doesn't want to be troubled with making real food and they can nuke throw something in the microwave for 30 seconds because they're better to get a a mcdonald's hamburger than than make your homemade hamburgers yeah yeah but there are some people though where that's literally a, a price problem because the shitty food's so much cheaper oh know? yeah and 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 mcdonald's then, is cheaper than buying like onions and apples at the store like yeah for sure and that's where we've got a sort of like especially in america we have these things they're called food deserts where basically that's the term they use and it's it's areas where people where poor people effectively don't have access to fresh food like like no okay. one actually sells it there right so mm-hmm. So, you know, you see them obviously in in big, huge cities where you're not near, you know, if you're in a super urban section, right, where it's like not only yeah. is there nowhere around people can grow anything because it's all concrete and steel, but nobody brings it there because they don't feel like anybody would buy it. So, you know, surprised it to import them. Yeah. So, you know, so <laughs> so people just don't they literally it's a desert for good food. There's no place for that. Even if they wanted to eat fresh produce and fresh cut meat, they can't get it. You know, and so or there's or there's nowhere for them to get it unless they get in a car and drive an hour, which yeah. again, and now they can't afford to get in a car and drive an hour to go somewhere. So it's just this nasty cycle where, you know, you can't, you know, you can't. But I'm I, with I, you. I, I'm I, yeah, I spoke with a friend. Sorry. Uh, they told me that you can't even like grow your own stuff at home in some places in the U.S. because you need to like follow some regulations. Some city, and they told me like, yeah, it's hard cities, to be a yeah. vegan because you cannot grow your your own vegetables because you have to like to respect some like hygiene rules or uh, quality standards to make sure that you don't you know you don't get infected with something and then you know you spread this infection and so on. It's it's complicated. Same thing for meat, I guess. You cannot breed your own cows because you need licenses over licenses and regulations. And in the end, like 
you'd rather just go and buy it, right? So yeah. yeah, it's much easier to grow. I mean, there's some cities, you know, but here obviously, you know, like we have a we have a little garden. We in it, but what we're lucky, right? Like we live on we have a piece of like we have a house that's on a piece of land that is ours, and you know we grow tomatoes and jalapeno peppers and. You know, oh, well, yeah. and um and uh strawberries and blueberries and you know just all that sort of stuff right like we because we can just throw like one or two of them and just go grab stuff and use it um but it's purely supplemental right like we don't need it to we're not going oh if it doesn't grow something we don't have food it's just there for yeah, us exactly to, you know but but yeah the livestock thing i mean that's a huge big deal right and that's mostly just because people are just like hey my neighbor's got goats in his backyard like that's a no-no right like you can't most cities will say hey you cannot keep you can keep dogs yeah. and cats and you know what i mean like normal domesticated yeah. <laughs> pets but you cannot keep unless you live on a farm and you have licensing or you know permission to yeah do but that. who from zero can can start his own farm in 2021 you can especially in the yeah you can right you can't i mean if you have a if you're rich you can but like, <laughs> but then if you're rich, you don't have to have the farm. You that's know? right. It's, you, know, again, you need the farm. You can buy the pricey food. You know, <laughs> double exactly double edged sword. I mean, and especially here, like farming is so corporatized now. I mean, and I'm sure that's probably the case everywhere. But like, it's you know, it's like it the you know, and our government puts so much money into farm subsidies and stuff. Like, because we actually believe it or not, like grow so much shit we don't need that the government pays like corn holy fuck dude like we make more corn than like and it's like that all these farmers are trying to figure out where to send it because it's just like the whole <laughs> middle of the country is just cornfields right like mm. and america's big you know what i mean like oh yeah you know and it's just like and the government will actually pay to try to get it out you know and around and it's just it's it's wild man it's just such a weird the eco that's the thing to me is if you start talking about the economics of food it gets depressing Right. I, I can't even imagine like on a larger scale in the US because again, I, co I come from Italy, which is a relatively, I know Italy is like the, the asshole of, of Europe, basically. <laughs> and people living there, they think they are, you know, in the metropolis. But then as soon as they step in Germany economics, they're like, you know, what is going on here? Right. Because <laughs> in my own town, I can count two industries. One makes pasta, the other one makes sugar. That's it. And it's a big town in Italy. Right. Does it make sugar from so, sugarcane? Yeah, sugar canes and, and also um, another, another vegetable that I don't remember the name, barbabietola. I have no idea what that is in English, but yeah, it's, it's another vegetable that you can grow like on ground level. Yeah. Mm. We have in Georgia where I am, south of us in Florida, like right on the border is is the, the climate's right for sugar cane. There's a lot of, there's oh. a fair amount of sugar cane. My grandfather used to go down there every year and would pick up a bunch of it and bring it back and would cook it down and you know, just it's himself. Amazing. This is, this is good memories though, right? I mean, like, I, 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 uh -huh. I was just going to say, so one of my things is like, I, I mean, you know, with like pancakes and waffles, right? Like mm. maple syrup. That's obviously yeah, a huge thing. We don't have it in Italy. Like I never, never had maple syrup. So all we had because of my grandfather growing up was cane syrup. So oh. it's syrup made from cane sugar, not from maple, you know, maple tree mm. sap. And so that's my thing. So like now, like I, I that's if I eat anything that you're going to put like a pancake or a waffle, you're going to put sweet, you know, like I a want syrup on it's, specifically. <laughs> it's cane syrup and you can buy There's only like two many for three. Like you can buy them around. But like I'm a freak about cane. And again, I can't eat much of it anymore. But like to me, sugar cane is just because what was cool is that when he would cook it, when he would get ready to cook it down, you know, where you put it in the thing and it presses it and it squeezes it all out and you boil it. 
he would cut us off chunks and they, and, oh, yeah. he would, and he would keep them and you would just chew on them like gum. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was like a, a massive childhood memory for me when my, my grandfather would come back from Florida with, mm. with a bunch of sugar cane. Cause I would have these, they're almost like candy. You know, you just take it a little piece oh, yeah, and yeah. just chewing it. In, in Sardinia, we got candy really late. Uh, now, now that I think about that, like my mother always told me that my, my grandfather will beat, will beat the shit out of them. If, if, the, if he found them, my, my uncles and, and my mother with, with chewing gums or sweets coming from, from America, right? Because it was like a not accepted socially that you are trying this stuff that is not from, from Sardinia. Oh. What is this? Maybe it's unhealthy, you know? We don't know it. Yeah. Is, so so yeah. is that a is it a saltwater lake or a freshwater lake around Sardinia? Uh, it, it's the the Mediterranean Sea, I think. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. the, it's not it's salty. it's disconnected from it's a full island disconnected from Italy. It's right in the middle if you think about it. Like we have the boot. Oh, it's oh, the, the boot. oh, it's not and inside. Sardinia is the, oh, it's no, out it's, in the it's out in the ocean, right? I didn't know if it was inside because so because you no, got no, it, you got inside, Sicily yeah. you got Sicily down on the on the boot at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, Sardinia of the boot. Is, is above, uh, connected to Corsica and France. Oh, you know? got so it. So it's like yeah. Oh, for, I don't know for some reason why I thought it was in the middle. No. So it's actually in the Mediterranean Cause, Sea. Because nobody knows where Sardinia is. It's a piece of shit land. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is I've heard, you know, you've heard of it. And it's so funny to hear you talk about Italy like that. And obviously when you're from there, because for me, like yeah. the, the, my impression, and I've never been, my wife has been several times. Um, you know, got, of course you hear like romance, like that's the big mm. thing you think about when you think about Italy, the food yeah. and the history, right? Like when you just get into like the art and the, um, you know, in the, in the architecture, you know I mean? That's, yeah. it's funny. Like, that's like, I think that Italy, honestly, like Italy's very romanticized in the, in, in the U S like, Oh it, yes. Same way the U S is romanticized in, in, in Italy. Like I, I dreamed about going, living in New York since I was like 10, you know, an apartment in, Cel in central park was the dream when it was still is, you know, you never know. But like, when when you are an adult, you realize that an, uh, the smallest, shittiest apartment in Central with <laughs> Central Park view is gonna cost you like two millions. Maybe. So you're like, eh, yeah, you, you know, eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe you have to change dream, right? But Italy is the same. Like you, you have the history, you have the food, you have the landscapes, but that's about it. If you want a professional growth, you can't have it. Like the 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 unemployment rate of young people in Italy was 72% Jesus during Christ. the first Corona crisis. And by young, uh, because that's another funny thing about Italy, is that 18 to 35 years old. You can look it up on Wikipedia. These are the, the stats like from last year. So uh, from 18 to 35, because when you're 35 in Italy, you're still a boy in the, in the mindset. You know, you're not a man, you're, you're a boy, you know, huh. and a girl. Because you still live with your parents, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> and uh, and the unemployment rate is insane. Like I, I always worked with with a with a high school qualification, not even a full diploma. You know, like I did five years, but I didn't finish because I was working already. I didn't need it, and I was too poor to go to university, so it wasn't even in my mind at the time. And and I always worked. And my friends with like two degrees in psychology or medicine, they're not working now. They're still living with their parents. Oh my! So. Say so, so, yeah, you can live about ah, we have Dante Alighieri, we have uh, Michelangelo, we have uh, <laughs> whatever the fuck, but but that's about it. And the problem is when when history is done, when history is history, what is the future of the nation? And the future of the nation is that we are five, six years without a government in Italy. It, it, they have something that is called like technical government that is like the president of the republic 
makes like a government which is temporary, but it's temporary is lasting five years now. So people are not voting since years and years in Italy. We don't have a solid government. We don't have a plan for schools. We don't have a plan for like education. We just have a plan for like export and import. That's it. And this this like only works with the north of Italy. So we're talking about Milan, Rome, you know, Florence and, and cities like that. But the south is completely fucking dead. Whenever you read something on the internet, ah, Italian scientist blah, is living in, in the US, is living in the UK, is living in Germany, is living in, you know, never in Italy. We don't have anything in Italy. The, the, the problem with Italy is like people are there and they don't want to change because it always worked, right? Especially Sardinia is a very closed environment. They, this, in Sardinia, I remember the sentence from my grandfather, Sucontinentali, um, they said people from the continent. They didn't even call them Italians from the north. They're people mm. from the continent. We don't want them here. So we don't want their money. We don't want their economy. We want to stay here and die. That's the mentality, right? And it's still like this. It's still like this. If you try and say uh, there's an American business that wants to invest in uh, in our country and make young people work, uh, uh, no, because you are ruining the landscape. So no, you can't build here. It doesn't matter if they're not going to get a job ever. But you're ruining the landscape, so no. And we have so many abandoned facilities. You have no idea, Sardin. There are, there are, I don't know, something like two thousand ghost towns that I visited because I was bored. There's nothing to do. So either you drink, you do drugs, or you you go in ghost towns, right? <laughs> or you do all three together, yeah. do a mix on a Saturday when you're really bored. Yeah, uh, not recommended. But <laughs> I, I I used to go to like to this this famous town that was like built specifically. For the employees of the of the dam, there's a dam producing electricity. Now it's a ghost town. Why? Because uh, you were bothering the the animals. So you know, now the de- the dam is there, still making electricity, but they fired everybody, and the town is a ghost town. So we have a concrete, um, what is monstrosity in the middle of the best part of Sardinia, and nobody's living there. So it's you know. It's like, and it was one of my favorite places to go because it's, it's very cool. You can go like to the dam. There's no guardian or nothing. You can go there, watch, you know, the water, uh, the landscape all around. Is good. It looks like Silent Hill. Uh, Not even kidding. There are, I can send you videos on YouTube. There are some young people, like they, they made some videos with drones, you know, sick drone shots and yeah, everything. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you can watch the town. And of course, there is a beautiful church in this thing. Uh, well, <laughs> the, there's a church has, everywhere, right? Exactly. That's like the town, so, the town I grew up in or went to high school in, you know, um, I wanted to say when I lived there, it was maybe 15, 20,000 people. Oof. And there Biggest were, town in Sardinia. <laughs> there were like 50 or 60 churches. Oh my God. Because, you know, it's the Southern. What do you do? Yeah, exactly. You know, and like, it just was, and again, it, but it's, it's amazing how much that, and then also too, just weirdly is like how much money gets pumped into the church, like these churches and these buildings, you know what I mean? And it's just like when there's all these other problems. And again, I'm not, this is not me trying to bag on religion, but it, you know, you know, it's just like, holy shit, man, like build a less nice building and like feed some people or, you know, like invest in infrastructure or, (laughs) you know, get some people a job. I remember talking with my grandmother about it. I I call like (laughs) churches in Italy. I'm sorry if I find, if I am going to offend someone, I don't mean any, any, Evil, but it's just funny. Uh, I, I call the churches in Italy because my grandma is always, every time I go there, oh, you want to come with me on Sunday? No, I'd rather, you know, jump from a cliff. Grandma. <laughs> and I, I call them like uh, the disco clubs of the of the elders. You know? 
because yeah. they have nothing to do in this 200 inhabitants town that at least they can go to the you know to church and talk with each other right and, and have you know music and blah blah so i, I call it yeah the disco clubs or the elder that, that's the that's the role the church has in italy mostly right now i don't know like from my from my generation 20 25 30 years old let's say i don't know any of my friends that is religious maybe one that is very very religious but everybody else is like we don't care so churches in Italy are there collecting dust, especially in the south. Right now, it's just old people going to church. There are some like uh, families that are really religious, so they send their kids there. But in the moment in which like the kid can choose, it doesn't go there anymore. Like for example, I, I used to go to church not because I was. I actually met my girlfriend in church. That's a funny story. Because uh, I was helping like the father of of one of my friends that is like very sick. He has like narco narcolepsy, narcoleptic. Yeah, I, I mean he falls, falls asleep. asleep. Yeah. yeah, 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 narcolepsy. Yeah. yeah. So he can't do like heavy duty jobs. So I was helping him, you know, putting stuff on on top of of some things in the church. I was helping, him and I saw this girl that was my girlfriend. But that's why I was going there to help people, not because I'm religious, right? And I know that I, the only the, the main place to find old people that needs help is church. So yeah, but it, it, it was funny. Imagine this guy, you know, tattoos and everything south of Italy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, that's another thing too. I think when I mentioned the things that I think Americans think about <laughs> Italy, obviously the Pope and that whole thing is you know comes comes to mind for a lot of people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, and again, in the South, like Catholicism is much less prevalent here. You know, it's obviously mm. much more Protestant, especially the baptist church but um which which i find more more reason by the way being protestants for me they understood everything they can get married if they want to be religious they can be religious nobody's repressed they can build communities and everybody like i don't know in italy is much more prohibitive well let's be honest like the reason protestant religions protestant denominations exist Hmm. is because it's people that used to be Catholic and were like, all these fucking rules. Like, it's too many yeah. rules. So I'm going to do the same thing, but without, like, I'm going to take away a bunch yeah. of the rules. <laughs> and they are happier. I promise you, they are, they are much more. They are happier than, than Catholics in Italy. Priests, priests in Italy, like, I, I know one that died alone and without friends just because all of these rules, they isolate you. If you are a very, like, if you have a lot of devotion for your religion, if you are, like, if you have a lot of hope... It's like your mantra. You live alone. We still have like um, buildings in Sardinia, uh, or this, this like I don't know what they call like internal cults, let's say, mm. where the, the the nuns cannot talk to each other. You know, oh. that's their vocation. They cannot talk to each other. They they live there. They have no connection whatsoever with the with the outside world, and they have this this vote of silence. And the the saddest thing is that most of the times people living there are people from from the orphanage that they just you know they throw them there because they have no family they have no heritage no nothing so okay that's your role in society you know it's it's very 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 sad from my point of view but again who am i to judge other people like that they're free to live when they want and if they choose to stay there at some point you know good for them (laughs) yeah i mean in that scenario my thing is same like i don't if you know different things work for different people my only problem in those scenarios is like did those people have a choice it's one thing if you make a choice to go be in that lifestyle it's another thing if your parents or the government or someone put you into that and that's all you've ever known and you never actually made a choice you just got stuck there yeah it's a little bit like when a, when an ex-con gets released from prison and he has no family, no nowhere to go, and he ends up doing, you know, what do you end up doing? 
maybe you're lucky you find somebody that wants to help you or you know when when they kick you out of an orphanage you have no family no nothing where do you end up you know yeah well, the street <laughs> so no and it's the whole i mean it's the cycle and again it, uh, again coming full circle man it's a bit it's empathy yeah. you know i, I people hmm. that are around me you know it's like they're all t they're all tough on crime and you know, it's like put them in jail, and I do, find you with a joint in the street. You make twelve months, but if you kill someone, you're out in five. In yeah, Italy. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's like that here. Well, unless you're black. If you're black, oh yeah, you're going See, to. See, we we don't have this thing in Italy. In Italy, like uh, there is, there is like some they make a lot of, they made a lot of jokes, okay, about racial and you know, color of the skin and, and etc. But racism is purely and mostly a north of Italy thing, because south of Italy you got colonized pretty much by every possible and imagine like uh, you know civilization during the, the centuries that you have people you know two meters blonde with with with, with, with blue eyes and you're like in sardinia like what what the f where are you coming from dude? <laughs> and then you see like the father of my girlfriend is like 167 meters so uh, super super you know and like all right so it's not really a racism thing in the south it's more of a north thing in italy yeah yeah which is sad but it's it's just because it's connected to the rest of europe you know since we are disconnected, we are you know a little bit safer from this kind of mindset. But yeah, yeah, that stuff's bad here. But yeah, but the thing it's like they want all these, they want to put these people in jail, and then the minute they get out of jail, it's like they don't. It's like oh well, like go like we don't want to help you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like be productive again. Like we, you know, yeah. it's just. But again, it's no empathy. It's not people going well. Shit, man. Like you know, what if you know again? Like what if it's the the old trope, right? It's like somebody gets caught stealing because their child's hungry. You, yeah, you know? exactly. It's like, is it well, moral or? Is yeah. it immoral or not? Like, you know, yeah. is it is it more immoral to steal or to let your kids starve to death? Exactly. That, that, that's that's one answer that got me a little bit triggered the other day in chat because uh, first of all, a kid should never be in that situation. That's what is what is immoral. But if somebody get, gets caught stealing like a, a piece of bread, uh, you know, in, in pure Les Miserables style, right. you, don't, you don't shit on him. You buy the bread for him and you send him his way. And if he needs more help, you help him. But saying that he's immoral by the laws of the country, so he's punishable. It's like, you're no better than them. That thing like made me salivate the other day in chat because somebody said that without making any name. And I was like, no, dude, because you're part of the problem if you think like that. If, if a kid's why the fuck a kid has to steal to survive that's that's the only thing that you should focus you don't have to answer you don't even have to answer to the question you have to stop at, at the at the sentence a kid is stealing because he's angry stop there and analyze the sentence because everything that comes after it's already wrong it's just like oh my lord man and then that's the other thing the law and morality are strictly connected eh, that that i don't know if i agree about that because what is moral for me, dumb European, is immoral for you, you know, American. And and like the only the only reason why some things are widely accepted is because the majority of the people wanted them. But it doesn't mean that that's the best thing to do. Like, why do we have like uh, geniuses in society and, and dumb people? And, and why do we call it different names? And why the hell the mess is the one that votes and chooses for everybody else, you know? It's not the 20 geniuses of a nation that they make the rules. It's like the 500,000 that vote, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So that, there's a, the biggest contradiction of, of democracy. So it, No doubt. And there's an, also an extraordinary disconnect with 
um, to me, like, or not disconnect, there's an extraordinary amount of hypocrisy that exists within these rules, right? Because so, and a great modern example is this, like, and it's changing in America, but for example, in the state that I live in, in the U.S., um, I can't, I can't buy, grow, or sell marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. There are other places that you can. Yeah. But I can go into the a gas station and buy 500 gallons of alcohol. I can yeah. buy 30 boxes of cigarettes. You know what I mean? I can buy, and it's just sort of like, so here's this natural thing, <laughs> right? Exactly. Then you've got all well, this mass-produced <laughs> man-made stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's Full so of much chemicals because they have to fucking engage you. Because the, addi- the addition to, to marijuana and these, these, I don't even smoke. I never tried marijuana. That's I funny. Don't I don't drink either. alcohol. Either. Like I don't yeah. either. I don't, yeah. But but I know that what gets you hooked to marijuana, the one that you buy on the street, is the, the all the shit that they put in the marijuana just to make you come back and and develop like addiction. And the other thing is like when you're poor, that, that's a common thing in Italy. I'm not giving you guys ideas. Eh? It's like <laughs> they mix it with tobacco. It's not mm, only a yeah. cigarette with marijuana inside. You mix it with tobacco. So you not only have the shit of the cigarette, you also have the shit of the marijuana. And then you hook to both the cigarette and marijuana, you know, it's like, come on. I, again, I don't even I don't even smoke marijuana. I never tried that. I'm 28 and I never had the interest in this thing. I, dr- I drank a lot of alcohol back in the day. That's true. But I never seen the point, right? But if you have to ask me, Gabriel, what do you prefer? Drinking like 10 bottles of vodka and crash your fucking car onto a, you know, a family or smoke a joint and, and crash on the couch? What do you choose? <laughs> crash, you know? Well, you know my standard for what I've said, and this is coming up <laughs> in the music business and going to lots yeah. and lots of concerts. This mm-hmm. is to me the question that answers everything ever. Is like, would you rather be around a hundred drunk people or a hundred high people? N- no doubt the high people. Depending of, what the high gone. No, I mean <laughs> on, like weed, right? Like if they smoke weed, right? Like they smoke oh, marijuana. Weed, indeed. Like, yeah. cause you know, dude, a hundred drunk people are just they're gonna yeah. fight, they're gonna be obnoxious. A hundred high people just grin yeah. and all high and like, you know, take naps and eat chips. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like potato chips, right? Like and that's what's just funny, but there's just so much money industry. Another thing that drives me nuts and we have here is like, I'm a big poker player. Like I play a lot of poker. Um, oh, really? I, I never learned how to play poker. I mean, I go I'm to, a, co- I'm a failed man. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's a, but like I go, you know, there's casinos, you know, nearby that I'll go and play mm-hmm. from time to time. But, you know, in the U S like I have to drive to North Carolina because we're not allowed to have casinos yet okay. in Georgia. In Italy um, it's illegal. In Italy you have this lot machine, like those, uh, fucking devilish machines when you have to line up i yeah, think they call slots, slot machines right? slots, yeah. but we cannot play poker uh in actual casinos we, we don't have casinos in, in sardinia for example but you have a casino yeah a casino yeah <laughs> so uh, yes uh, <laughs> so yeah. uh but so you used to be able to play online poker like when poker stars and all mm-hmm. these companies and they made that illegal like everywhere so oh i've God. always joked it's like Okay, so I could take ten thousand dollars of my money right now, mm-hmm. open up a e trade or a Robinhood account, buy ten thousand dollars worth of some no name stock or whatever, yeah. Bitcoin, like you name it, which is gambling, right? Like you don't yeah. know what's gonna happen, right? 
Well, yeah, market market uh, stocks are is gambling. But Nobody knows like. But I can't go play cards with another person for money, right? And it's like to th- so if you think buying, if you think investing in the stock market is any different than me going and pulling a handle on a slot machine, you're fooling yourself because it's the it's the I mean, grant because you can do research and I know there are ways with the stock market, but like poker is a game of skill. I'm playing against other people. There's some elements of luck because of how the cards fall, but you can create advantage by understanding the game, understanding the math, understanding reading your opponent. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just like, that's what I mean. So the double, again, it's like, Oh, we'll sell you all the booze you want, but you can't grow weed. Oh, you can't go play poker for money, but you can buy lot. Oh, in Georgia, we don't have casinos, but they'll but the state will sell you a lottery ticket. No, oh my God, yeah, lotteries, man. I think the thing lotteries are one of the things that I hate the most in life. It's a poor. A lotteries are a poor tax. That's what it is. It is a way to get I, money out of poor people. You know, it's like the the, the thought of like, uh, yeah, it can be me. There is a zero 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 one zero sixty periodic number <laughs> chance, but it can be me. You know, that's right. But then uh, working your ass off to achieve like, you know, career or something, oh, that's too hard. That's never going to happen. But <laughs> if I buy the, you know, the ticket for the lottery, might, that might be me, you know? Yeah. And instead, uh, I, so and instead I'll spend those dollars that I worked so hard, like that yeah. were so hard to get. Right. And, and, and put it towards that. Right. Instead of something else. It's nuts. Well, look, man, we're at two and a half which this oh. you've given me a ton of time and I appreciate it. I could talk to you forever. Like this is like these, this is, this is like this from, this is my, this is one of the things I live for. Like these kinds of conversations, man, if I could do same, this all same. the time, like this would be, I would love for you to consider us doing this again at some point. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, Whenever you want, man. As long I, as it's a Sunday. Yeah. Because, you I, know, I'm, I'm religious. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, because I, um, I've made also to like a hundred notes about other things I wanted to ask you about, but we will just be here for an eternity. Um, so, you know, I want to thank you. I, I want you to know that I don't hope you catch fire and can't find water. Um, I do not hope I do not hope that. Um you guys I for everybody that's been with us thank you for sticking around. Um I, I but please 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 go and check out Della's stuff. It's twitch.tv/delacroix22 D E L A C R Oh my gosh, I only get a O I X 22, right? D E L A C R O I X 22. Um and on on YouTube it's Delacroix Gaming. Um, there's unbelievable hunt gameplay videos. He's just started to do some other content around. Um, he's got some cool optimization videos that even if you don't play hunt, it's about sort of priming your gaming PCs to get better performance out of your monitor, out of your GPU, um, which is really rad. Um, he's got funny stuff that he's doing now, and I'm sure you're just got plans to do lot, lots of more kind of kinds of content, right? There's going to be more YouTube stuff coming. So you can only, you can do only one thing <laughs> yeah no no absolutely but i mean he's absolutely one of my favorite streamers um i'm glad that i was introduced to him you know from curdy and lopez and the crew you guys know them um and it's man it has really been a pleasure talking with you i've really thank you so much thank you for having me though and if you want to make a part two i will be you know i, I will be done to it whenever you want man. oh yeah man like i'm telling you like i've got there's there's so many things I wrote down that I wanted to, we didn't even talk about the, like German, like I wanted to talk about like German stuff. I actually wanted, we, I got it. We got lots more content, but you guys go check him out. I will include all the links 
um, to all of his channels in the description for the podcast. Um, I will also be putting all this stuff out on social media and, um, you'll see the links. Obviously, if you're here, you've already caught this, depending on where you're listening. Um, just know that if you happen to find this via a website or whatever, it's the podcast is on Spotify, iTunes, Google podcasts, like all the regular, um, places you would find them. But, um, Gabriel Delacroix, Delacroix. Yes. <laughs> um, you are, uh, you're a gentleman and a scholar, sir. And, um, ah, thank you so much, man. It was, uh, it was a wonderful talk, but that, that's, you know, the risk by talking with somebody that has a lot of experience, you know, is that the conversation never ends. So I know. And, and that's great, right? Like that's, it is what's, great, yeah. that's what's awesome. So, um, I'm going to run the outro real quick and we'll go, but, um, to all my friends, um, I know it's been a few weeks. Um, thanks for, uh, sitting tight. And I know you've bugged me about putting out a new episode. Here it is. Uh, and we will be doing more of these later, but, um, many thanks to, uh, to Della for being with us today. And until next time, my friends, press on.